Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Oh, look, another fine day of Em and Christine's voice in your ears. (laughs) That's how I feel today. Uh, we we did our usual thing where we were I, we essentially did a sad happy hour before we got on here, and usually we're done recording by now, and now we're starting. So um, my brain's a little shot, which should make this for make an interesting episode, I guess. I gotta say, oh. my Zoloft is not working today. You know what I mean? Hmm. No. I. Oh. <laughs> No, um, I was talking to Eva about this before you hopped on, and the Zoloft has helped so much with my tummy aches. Like I used to get oh. a tummy ache with even the slightest, like, nerve. Excuse me, slightest nerve. Girl, girl, <laughs> delete that, Jack. He's not going to delete it. Is he? Don't delete it. <laughs> ah! Um, I used to get a tummy ache with even the slightest, like, anxiety, like nerve. You know, like my tummy would just be constantly flipping upside mm. down. And the Zoloft has really stopped that from happening when it's unnecessary. But sometimes something breaks through the Zoloft and I'm like, (laughs) no, my tummy. And we've just had it like kind of a weird week, you and I, and like back from I'm back from my trip. And I know not everybody listens to the listeners episode, but if you want to hear what I ate on my trip, you can go listen to that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just feel like we're in a weird space I don't know if this is my Saturn return. I'm not really sure what that means, but maybe that's what's happening. I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm unsettled. I'm like reeling, sort of. Mm. 
and so I think I need to take um a little bit I'm, of anxiety medication. I'm sorry about it, but I I it's just been a long time since my tummy aches won't go away. Mm. Is it like you need like a, like a potty, or your tummy aches just you just have a constant flippiness? Um, both, but thankfully mm. for you, I'm drinking a venti coffee, so that'll help. I don't know <laughs> about that, but okay. <laughs> um i know i feel the same way i feel reeling is a good word and i don't know mm-hmm. why i feel like there's something going on in time I keep and saying space tailspin like i feel like i'm in a tailspin you almost. too you've said like, it a I lot like today we're... yeah you're like yeah please stop it's annoying no, no. it's just it's become well, the theme I of today it, i described it while i was described or i used that term while describing something that happened in the car and then i went wait 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 i want to clarify i was not literally in a tailspin because i was driving <laughs> my toddler home i was not in a tailspin but mentally indeed i was uh but yeah it feels like we're reeling i don't know isn't it weird i feel like something's off in the something feels very atmosphere off. right it's- okay so if anyone else is feeling that way um and we're back to recording on our usual programming so when you hear this, it is if you're listening on the day that it releases, it's pretty close to the it's time. Like the same week, yeah, yeah. This isn't like months in advance anymore. So, like, uh, we, if you're feeling it, we're feeling it. Can someone confirm that you're also Hell. feeling it? Because something's going on. Tell Saturn um, to knock it off. Is it Saturn's fault today? I don't know, man. I just keep seeing the word Saturn return, and it sounds cool. Okay, great. Um. <laughs> also uh, would you yeah go for it ah i was just gonna say how are you why do you drink what's the haps what's the tea i don't know what the haps is i was supposed to have another vein surgery tomorrow and i canceled that shit because i'm over it yes um, and i you can't have a vein surgery amidst your saturn return okay like let's girl, all be real. please that's what please. i told them on the phone <laughs> and, and they said this is la we get that a lot and they went you're like the third person today yeah <laughs> Um, we'll wait for the planets to align (laughs) (laughs) no i want to get a second opinion because i really i think i complained about this to you i don't know if it was on the show or off the show but like it was kind of i don't want to say shady i would like to trust that they knew what they were doing and they never like implied that they didn't know what they were doing but every time i went in for a checkup they would say like oh you need another ablation i'm like you should have fucking told me about that by now so i see it feels a little my my spidey senses are going up so i'm gonna go to a different yeah, doctor and get gut, a second you know? opinion mm-hmm. um anyway uh what's going on with me not much <laughs> but i it really not uh, today is monday what it's not for people listening but for you and me it's monday <laughs> and well monday is my cleaning day and so every time that we record i also know it's cleaning day and so i get a little overwhelmed because i used to take a nap after we would record uh, and now I like have to go into like kind of an intense cleaning mode because I'm not one because I I want to I have to clean once a week but I never I, clean it's terrible it's part of my um agreement with myself and also with Allison I'm trying to contribute more and <sighs> I don't not that she there wasn't like any like big kerfuffle about it I just want to be better about that and so I realized that I can't I'm not one of those people who can do like one room a day because then I just feel like I'm constantly I have a task that's never been finished. So I I have to clean everything in one horrible day and then I have a week to relax in my very clean space. That sounds terrible. Yeah, that's how I feel right now where I'm like, oh, I have to do a lot of cleaning after this. I feel like your house is always clean, but I don't know. Girl. I mean, I live in a... (laughs) 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 <laughs> that looks more like it now that i can relate to 
for those of you on YouTube, this is the troll hole. This is why I have a new background recently, because I just look like, I don't know, my closet and my suitcase all vomited. So, okay, I, I feel that. better about myself because that is almost what that is what my house always looks like always looks like like it is not you have first of all that's not true and also (laughs) you're you have a baby a dog two cats and a blaze and yourself so like it's what do i do and in your house you also like are one of those like 90s sitcoms where you live right next door to all your family members who are always coming in and out a la kimmy (sighs) gibbler style like you've got (laughs) i am telling you i don't and i don't clean i don't I'm not good at it. I'm bad at it. I wish I were better at it. I should probably make an agreement with myself and Blaze because he cleans everything and does all the dishes and all the laundry. And I sit Blaze there and is go, such a superhero. Ah! <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm in a tailspin. What am I doing? I'm literally just spinning on <laughs> well, my it's tail. Saturn. It's Saturn. It's, it's Saturn. Saturn. Why doesn't well, anybody so understand? Now I'm, oh, I, I just will picked say... up this dirty shirt I was sitting next to. So <laughs> I, I was like, what am I holding? <laughs> I will say I feel like this agreement I have. Uh, I like that. It's what? smart that you have that. Like I think that's a, a oh, nice structure. Thank you. Well, it'll have to change when we move one day because I mean I only have like twelve hundred square feet I have to care about. If I had your house, oh, I like, wouldn't even be able to it's not begin even to clean. I just leave it alone. Like I just let it. It'd be so overwhelming. It'd be so overwhelming. Like the other day, I walked upstairs and they have like a vent on the side of the wall, and I looked at it and I went, "Oh my god!" It was like just animal hair oh we have one of those Filthy. it wouldn't have animal hair it's just like dust because we like we're accumulates we're a couple that um some people are not as lucky as we are but i made one very specific demand when we moved anywhere and i was like we have to have central ac we right. have to right and then it has to be running constantly even if it's cold <laughs> outside and like and so it just collects so much dust it's just disgusting yeah i walked past and went oh god how many of those or a similar uh trinkets are in my house that i don't even notice day to day and i'm like oh my god there's an entire new animal built out of dog hair oh, i i'm honestly if i had an animal i would also be more overwhelmed because just the human dust that that it is like on things i get so overwhelmed like i have like all my little tchotchkes i'm saying next like a million of them and i just know hang on like just for fun let's see the finger swipe oh no don't do that yeah, yeah, like I got, I got clean. Let's see. Yeah. Oh no, it's hanging <laughs> off my finger. It's hanging <laughs> off it. If you can see that. Yeah, nasty. Oh, I, I dirty I, little rat. I, I am a dirty rat, and that is why I drink. Also, I'm home from Sweden. I don't have too much to say except that it was wonderful. Um, and I'm home. And um, and to reiterate, because it is a, a miracle story that your baby was lovely on the plane she's a fucking to and delight. fro. I mean, okay, it wasn't like easy, but it wasn't as stressful. Or I mean, it was stressful. He, um, I haven't even told you. We got on the plane, and we had a layover in Detroit, and then an overnight flight to into Amsterdam. Right? We get to Detroit an hour late miss our flight by like two minutes to europe and they're oh like my god the next flight is tomorrow evening and we're like oh my god it is two o'clock in the afternoon and they're like well the next flight's tomorrow at six so we got stuck in detroit for a whole day and i had to do an instacart from walmart to get mm-hmm. like new clothes and because i'm not one of those people who follows the rule of pack you know your toothbrush and everything and pack your in your carry-on i just don't do it and so 
I had to order clothes from Can Walmart. Can confirm as someone who's traveled quite a lot with you. I just like don't. I'm like, well, then I'll just buy a toothbrush. I don't know. I don't have time to coordinate. Whatever. So anyway, we're literally in Detroit. I'm supposed to be. I'm getting like emails. So the reason I went to Europe, by the way, guys, is I got um, a new car for the first time ever. I was very excited about it. It's a Volvo. Am I allowed to tell people that? I guess, right? Um, and I, I want sure. I want So I've been driving my Ford for many, many years. I love the car a lot, but I needed a bigger car. So I was getting a Volvo. And then we found out that for free, fun fact, you can get, well, not for free. It's for the price of the car, which is pricey. But you <laughs> have to, you can, they'll fly you to Sweden. They'll pay for your ticket. And so since Blaze and I, and you get to drive the car there. So since Blaze and I were already going to Europe this year to visit my family in germany and bring his parents to germany for the first time we were like perfect we'll just combine the trips well so i'm getting emails from volvo being like your pickup your your factory tour of the volvo factory is in an hour and i'm like i'm in detroit (laughs) 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 like a a, i don't know a a airport hotel it was just so basically we got to sweden we had about 12 hours there um which was a real bummer because it was so cool for the 12 hours we were there and drove through Denmark, got on a ferry to Germany, drove to Austria, mm. then drove back to... Really broke in the mileage on that Volvo, huh? I think it was 2,600 kilometers. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and now they're, like, I guess shipping it back to me, um, and I have to pay for it. So they it. just give you a little test spin. It test spin. I went through four countries with it. It was pretty cool. It's a cool program. So if you're looking into getting one, um, it's a cool idea. It's a cool concept. Um, I am very fortunate I was able to do it, but it was very uh, chaotic. And But Leona, I'm telling you, she's a trooper. We, I feel like we hit every possible, like, roadblock that you can hit traveling. Like, we literally ran out of diapers because I didn't oh, pack God. enough. Yeah, like, every little thing. And she was just such a trooper. Um, we forgot the adapters for the European outlets. So we got to Amsterdam, and I was like, we have to charge Leona's tablet so she can watch Dino Ranch. And then the <laughs> tablet died, and I said, oh, my God, Duty Free Shop is out. They're sold out of the adapters it was like every little stupid thing um but all that said she did great it was really fun i the idea and this is uh, this sounds like me whining about what it would be like to have a child but it's supposed to be a compliment to you as a parent because i (laughs) i i the idea of just packing enough diapers to go out of the country for several days (laughs) weeks i don't know I that alone I'm like that's its own suitcase I don't want to lug it I can't do this I like it was that a lot how many was, diapers do you pack for something like that I don't know I mean but to be fair there's diapers everywhere so like you know but that thought we, alone would over I can't I can't even figure out how many shirts I need to pack to go somewhere I can't imagine packing for another person and they have so many more needs than me oh my god like I brava just well done well th- well thank you it is it is a lot and hats off to people who tra- like my mom used to travel solo with us as a single mom to Europe and I'm like fuck that with both of us and I'm like no 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 and this is pre tablet days you know like she like I don't know <laughs> pre dino ranch pre dino ranch can you even imagine so it was just like uh a hats off to you and I am very well aware that like I had I mean Leona had both sets of grandparents there like Blaze's grandparents I'm sorry Blaze's parents were there my mom and stepdad were there and then we visited my dad in Austria so like at all times there were multiple grandparents and my brother went you know so it was like 
there were plenty of people around to help so that was part of why it was manageable um but how, how long uh, of a flight is it to all the way over there i think it was like seven and a half eight hours oh that's not as bad as i was imagining no so it's, it was like it was uh, like flying to la no LA's like about four from where you are yeah it's three hour 45 minute i think exactly what yeah that's dude. crazy to to richmond or dc it's like a, it's like a six hour flight well to for me to dc is about an hour and a half an hour mm. so maybe that's why i don't know i don't know i don't know hmm Hmm. anyway is, this is the least interesting conversation uh, would want to listen anyway to. uh i just loved my time there it's been a long time since i was able to go to uh to europe so it was nice to be there and i drank a lot of beer and um i had a great time so uh i'm back and i'm ready to get back into the swing of things if saturn will ever give it a rest <laughs> <laughs> she won't. She's an she evil, won't. evil, dirty rat. She knows Speaking of dirty doing. rats, this is your weekly reminder to drink, you thirsty, dirty little rats. I'm drinking Thank- some coffee with a pumpkin in it. I am going to crack into it. Oh, we're doing that again. <laughs> with my Bevragino, a San Pellegrino. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa. It's our favorite combined flavor. Those are my blood favorite. orange. I love also my favorite. I um, we just bought like our first like multi pack of these. I feel like I've only ever bought them as like you like walk past them in the store and there's like the individual cans. I buy the boxes of them. This is my first time having multiple at my leisure because usually I see in the fridge and I'm like I'm gonna save that as a little treat when I do something good. But now I have so many, I just can just drink it whenever I want. Oh yeah, you can. Okay, well, (sighs) let's tell a story. I guess. How does this work? I forget. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything I'm telling you from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. 
Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is, let's see. What's my topic? <laughs> we don't even oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> I I did know it, and then I went to bed, and then I woke up and I forgot. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay. So this is uh, another one of those, I don't know what to call them in my mind. I call them amalgamation stories. What because, a word. Because uh, I, I prefer the stories where I've got like a beginning, middle, and end, and like these are the ghosts, and this is how the house, you know, got haunted. But there's some places where it's just really like, there's a lot of ghosts, and so it becomes one of those. I'm just kind of spitting out like a random bullets. Smorgas, an amalgamation, actually. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, here's your uh, smorgasbord of ghost stories in Yosemite. Yosemite National Park. Whoa, I didn't know there were ghosts in in there. Oh, okay. I there was. I was like, do I have to tell you what Yosemite? No, I'm is? sorry. It took me a minute. I was like in Yosemite, and then I thought you were gonna say like, like hotel Sam? or something. <laughs> Sam, Yosemite, yeah. Sam. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like, oh, it's a Yosemite official hotel. I don't know. I, I should have said the Yo- whole park. I should have said Yosemite National Park as like the the closer. Wow. Okay. But... I'm 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 now in it. I get it. I'm following. Okay. Well, yeah. So apparently, there's um a lot. A lot of spooky stuff going on there. I will say in advance, this is like me prefacing the fact that uh, at a lot of national parks, any of the spooky stories end up having some sort of vague indigenous roots. And Mm. a lot of times that maybe they're true, but also I don't totally love the idea of me, a white person, parroting like alleged curses. Right. I don't like that. So especially because a lot of times, I mean, it's hard to like put into words, but I know exactly what you're saying. And I feel like the way I've heard it best explained was on lore podcast. Once Aaron Mankey said something like, uh, you know, it is kind of a cheap cop out to just blame any sort Mm -hmm. of paranormal, you know, and again, I'm now I'm just trying to reiterate what he said, but he basically said it in a really like, um, just a very uh, poignant eloquent way of like way. eloquent, yeah, very eloquent way of just saying, you know, like it. It just is an easy cop out, and it also puts such a bad spin on something that like it's like fear mongering almost. You know what I mean? Well, like, just em- to, to emboldens like othering them, and yes, or, like, exactly, exactly. Es- especially, I mean, with how and this isn't like new information. I don't think I'm like giving like a particularly no, no, but original PSA here. But like just like how in times where I've covered 
um, burial grounds or even haunted houses, and they claim that there was some sort of, you know, indigenous tribe that lived there and they cursed the land or something. It's just, it's always gives me a weird feeling to and talk it's, about it. And it. it turns it, it's like, oh, they're the, they're the bad guy. They're the enemy. It's like, that's... Also that they're, they're spooky and they're eerie and they're taboo. Like, it just, it really paints a really bad... 100%. Yes. Just It just paints additional negativity like on like a it. group like that's it, already suffering like so. like right exactly that that's the last thing they need and i like the way you put it of like it emboldens people i didn't know you were so eloquent emboldens people to amalgamation continue othering them bevragino <laughs> san pellegrino <laughs> okay all right calm down that one now. sounds like a little that one sounds like an actual curse so <laughs> <laughs> that one now i feel like you're cursing me 100 percent. yeah <laughs> No, but just as I'm telling these stories, like, I'm not trying to perpetuate anything. I just, if I'm going to give you the facts, I just yeah. want you to also know, like, where the lore is coming from. That's great. Um, okay, so Yosemite National Park. This is where I also want to mention that this was once, and still is, uh, an ancestral homeland to the Southern Sierra uh, Miwok Nation. Mm. Um, they still exist today. And in 1851, can you guess what happens to them? They're <laughs> no. forced out of their home. Something great. They're Not forced out of their home. And many horrible. of here's like the extra like weird kick in the pants where I feel like this was like supposed to be like a I don't know, some sort of like perk to it. I don't know. Like a redeeming. Uh, yeah. Some 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 sort of like side. we're kicking you out, but and it's like not even really totally worth it, I guess. Right. Um, so they were forced out of their homeland and many of the original indigenous names of the area were kept so you know there's like a lot of canyons like, or whatever you can't live here but we'll name it after you <laughs> exactly exactly right. it's like like that's just a big fuck you Super. um and the one name that they did not keep was awani which is the name of the valley that became yosemite oh so they, they renamed yosemite after but let everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> i get Unc it now uncle sam you know <laughs> oh, i'm sorry yeah uncle sam indeed womp womp but yeah so they dubbed it yosemite it used to be uh awani a-h-w-a-h-n-e-e -E, and oh. it was the original name of the area so yosemite here's an additional kick in the pants on top of the other kick in the pants mm -hmm. yosemite is a word that is like a corrupted european word for grizzly bears which is what they called people in the indigenous oh, tribes. Fucking hell. Okay. Wow. Not like because there were grizzly bears. God forbid. I That's what I thought was going to happen, but it was so much worse than that. They could have also like, they could have just never, they could just said, oh, for the grizzly bears. And then just like not fucking added on to that. Like but why had... even, right? Yeah. <sighs> Man, I'm just, I'm just so sorry. Um, After that, people moved into the valley uh i'm sorry white people moved into the valley <laughs> what people people discovered it you mean yeah <laughs> sorry yeah. i'm like i'm telling you saturn is making me real i like real how it's catty today this is where like blaze would roll his eyes because he's like it's not saturn it's your zoloft like yeah yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you uh are jet lagged and taking your zoloft at the wrong time of day christine that's <laughs> literally all it is <laughs> so uh yeah, so that, by, by the way, like, Yosemite being, like, a, like a, a clunky version of Grizzly Bear, which they used as a slur, like, makes me not want to call it Yosemite. Like, no, that's, that's disturbing. I didn't know that. 
Um, after that, so white people move into the valley and uh, they move basically into the Sierra Nevadas for gold and tourism becomes this huge industry. So by the early 1900s, uh, hotels are making pretty good money in the area. And in 1927, um, a hotel opens there, which gotta love another kick in the pants. The hotel is called the Awani Hotel. So they'll oh, call the, ho- the hotel if, ran by white people. If probably. they can make money off of it, right? I'm assuming white people owned it because it just feels like an extra mean thing to do. Maybe indigenous people opened it and this was like an homage. I don't know the situation. I don't know the history of the name, but it just feels like a, hmm, we could call the hotel Hmm. that, but not the actual fucking area that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Fun fact, the interior of this hotel is allegedly the inspiration for the Overlook Hotel (gasps) in The Shining. No way! Mm -hmm. And I especially like that because... The, the Overlook Hotel was haunted, and so was this hotel. Okay, there we go. So some of the ghosts in this hotel are uh, a former manager of the hotel named Mary Curry Tresseter. Um, She was a manager who lived on the sixth floor. I like that one of her perks was just, like, living in her own hotel. I love um, it. I actually really do like that because if you – it's kind of like being of the people. It's like, I know what it's like to live here. Yeah, it's, it's like an uh, undercover yeah. boss. It's exactly, she was the original undercover boss, I guess. She's like, you're not dusting the blinds well enough. (laughs) And I can see it with my own eyes. It's like, your blinds, our blinds look like Christine's shelf where dust (laughs) is dangling (laughs) off our fingers. Just hanging off of it. That's part of the mystique, you know? (laughs) It's part of it. So Mary, uh, she lived on the sixth floor and when she died, her the space that she lived in ends up becoming several guest rooms. So I guess she mm. maybe had like the biggest room for it to become multiple rooms. Good for her. Um, she's still known to check on the guests, which makes me sad that even in the afterlife, I feel like they're trying to make it like, oh, she just loved being here so much. But also like maybe she's stuck in some eternal work I, hell. Where, you, know, you know, I feel like you, you tell those stories a lot where it's like people who worked at a bar and now they're still serving drinks and we're all, and people are always like, oh, and it's like, no, that's terrible. They're working. The only job I can imagine is fulfilling. Um, in forever. Even, yeah. Forever is being a podcaster. I mean, is like literally just, is just getting to hang out with your best friend and talk. That's, and even that would get old after. <laughs> 500,000 years. <laughs> I'd still only haunt you like once a week, just like yeah, we do right only, now. Right. A limited amount of time for sure. Yeah. But I can't imagine like a physical labor or like a constantly being worried about oh, other people. So much work. Oh, you're supposed to rest from that now. But not her. She's still nope, chugging. Not a break. So she'll, she'll check on guests. She cleans up after them, especially if you're on the sixth floor. A lot of people will wake up to their clothes folded and their rooms tidied, which feels like such a fuck you. It's like, it's like, like, I just couldn't, I couldn't wait for you to leave because this was so. Yes. It's like those tropes. Oh, I almost had a different, but yes, I now see what you're saying. Like, oh, like, okay, let's wrap it up. To me, it's like that trope of like your mother-in-law visiting. And to be clear, I don't have this situation. Thank God. But like your mother-in-law visiting and like cleaning up her way you know because like yeah, your way yeah. isn't good enough. like and like she oh. can't get it off her mind like she's monica gellering like she's yes, just she's very like, oh i'm sorry i noticed that there was a bit of a mess so i handled it for you you know that kind of thing is the vibe i get from somebody else coming into my room and folding my clothes in that world allison is so lucky because uh if like it <laughs> if you an don't in-law... clean her shit <laughs> well i was gonna say if, if like we're doing the in-law trope of like someone coming and cleaning for you oh right Allison does not have to worry about that with my mother because my mom like barely has any vision left. Oh, and so God. 
I, well, oh, well, it's it's a, a normal fact in our family. I didn't know but she that. really, oh, she has only like maybe twenty percent of her vision. Ten percent. What? Of her I vision. just saw her. I had no idea. She makes it look easy. Apparently, I don't know. She, but yeah. she's always she, and she really. I, uh, I feel like we forget a lot that she like really can't see all that well. She doesn't have her um, peripheral vision or her depth perception, so she's just kind of walking around with a third of her vision. Cool. Um, cool but it's always worked out as a child because like if things were messy she never noticed it was really it worked she out couldn't even well. see the dust hanging off my fingers meanwhile my <laughs> mom walks around and goes like um the hell is that and i'm like what she's like that well, giant stain and of purple on the floor and i'm like hasn't that always been there and she's like it's I, all wet and i'm like oh it must be juice you know what's wild though is for a long time my mom had like heightened senses, but now she also needs like hearing aids. So like it's getting easier to, to trick her. You know, it's that's getting just easy. great. I'm sure she'll love to hear that. <laughs> oh no, it's it's become a bit of a running thing in the family. But Excellent. she's she's um she's got like a real bloodhound like nose though, which is it's scary. What she that can is smell. actually frightening. It's crazy i'm like i'm like blown away by her nose every time but uh with her eyesight though it was always like even like cleaning up the kitchen like it was a very lax life that i lived because no one was ever <laughs> as if you told her it was clean over there she doesn't have her peripheral vision she just go oh it's clean it's great yeah, it was, you know it worked I out was, very well it was also lax in my world because my mom just cleaned everything and then oh yeah that's I another became good an way adult to live and it. i went wait i don't want to do it and no one else is gonna do it. <laughs> well, it also be well. It's also like the opposite would happen too. Where if I actually did clean, she wouldn't even notice. So it True. wouldn't so even feel like point? worth it. You're one hundred percent right. What's the fucking point? I was. I just spent like multiple weeks with her, and I now that I'm constantly in my like I've got a clean zone. I would yep. clean, and then she'd come home and just like not even notice. And I was like, well, this isn't worth well, it. So I'm just fuck not gonna do me it. then. I guess. <laughs> um. No. So it's uh. I wonder I wonder if she was in this hotel if someone was folding up her clothes if she'd even notice. She'd be like, "Oh, I don't and know." Lady she also... would be like, "How dare you? I put a lot of work into this." <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, but uh in in the trope of an in-law, Allison's got it made in the shade cuz we can just tell my mom the place is clean. She's Fuck like, yeah. "Excellent. You have just the cleanest place a bunch of Febreze since she can smell so well. Just spray Febreze everywhere." Honestly, the only thing you have to do is take out the trash. Oh, she's good. Go. She's good. She's set. Yeah. It's perfect. Um, anyway, so this person would be, this ghost would be really disappointed if my mom were in the room <laughs> and didn't appreciate what she's yeah. doing for her. But other people have noticed that all their stuff is like moved hmm. around or that their clothes are hung and that things just look a little neater than they left it. Um, on top of that, she's also seen walking through the halls, which is like kind of its own usual ghosty thing just walking through halls but she opens doors she flickers lights does she i think it's like they say that she's just checking in on guests which makes me think she also peeks around doors which freaks me out nope um and in the 1960s oh so we're done with her apparently this is oh, part my. of the amalgam <laughs> this is part of the amalgamation situation I see. this smorgasbord is half in action okay it's like there's no good flow to it i'm just like open that bullet's over next <laughs> So in the 1960s, JFK stayed here, apparently, and he had back pain, so he requested a rocking chair. Um, That's what I'm feeling nowadays. People are like, I request painkillers and a massage, but I guess Can you imagine at a hotel, I don't, could you even request a rocking chair anymore? I fear the president, probably. That's true. 
but or I don't we know. could just pull a Christina and just like Instacart, Walmart. A <laughs> I will chair. find a rocking chair and I will not have to speak to a soul, which is my my superpower. If I can avoid talking to any human souls, I, w- I can still get you what you need. A rocking chair? I'm on it. There's nothing Christine loves more than getting like settled after a flight and doing a target delivery. Just the best. Just fucking go for it. And then also a drizzly drop off. Of course, all si- and then they all show up at the same time, and I'm like, "Oh, it's all for me." And they're like, "Um, are you okay?" And I'm like, "No, thank you, bye." Christine has. <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a time you've come to Los Angeles and didn't have both a Target and Drizzly order already prepared. You're just waiting to press order <laughs> I do when it on you the get plane. Yeah, I do it on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's only four hours, as you know now. Uh, well, yeah, for, apparently. <laughs> so. In the 1960s, JFK requested a rocking chair when he stayed at this hotel, and once he left, the chair was removed from the room, but apparently people still hear a rocking chair, (gasps) and one will just straight up appear and vanish at random times. Now, that would be a fun trick on my mom. I'd be like, oh, where's the rocking chair? (laughs) That's mean. (laughs) Uh, uh, No, but like, apparently just shows up. That's so weird. So it's like, do you think it's because JFK was in it? Like, I don't understand why. I don't know. It's I have, so I have, strange to me. Like what? a lot of, oh, there's some stories that say that they think JFK is like coming back, which I okay. I've never loved a hotel enough where I'm like in the afterlife. Especially I'm definitely if you're gonna in pain while you're there, right? Like if his back was hurting. Yeah. I, I, well, they I'm sorry, say, but I don't think a rocking chair fixed it. They say no either he, um, they say either he uh, comes back or. This is my personal favorite is that some other ghost saw him in a rocking chair and like saw that that was like something I An guess option. he could now do. And so now he he haunts with his own rocking chair. Apparently, I don't. What? Okay, <laughs> he's like, I'll bring my B Y O R C. He's like, I just gonna bring my own rocking chair. I'm gonna do that to the next hotel we go to. Just like, oh, I brought my own rocking chair. Don't mind me. Honestly, in today's world, there's nothing I love more than like smart tech and like smart gear, like tech gear. Yeah. And a lot of shit is like collapsible. If they could make a collapsible rocking chair, Uh I would eat that shit up. I would travel with one every day. I know you would. And now I'm worried that it exists and someone's going to tag you in it. And now we're going to have to add it to our fucking luggage list. (laughs) Can you imagine if there was a collapsible giant Adirondack chair? Don't. Can you imagine? I kind of think they are collapsible, right? Like, isn't that part no. of it? The... Well, if you take the nails out, they collapse pretty good. Oh, um, okay. I thought some of them fold up. No, not that I know of. I mean, I, I think they. Wrong. Oh, I know what you're saying. I think they they do fold up, but they're still so wonky and like they're still clunky very and big. Yeah, I'm thinking like you like lift up a hand, like there's like an arm piece or something, and then all of it just kind of like folds into a perfect little. Uh, like my travel stroller, where you hit one button and it like. Broop. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you actually have that. I've been wanting to ask you because it's all over my algorithm. Which one? Really, the what? collapsible tr- troller. Oh, there's a lot of them. I don't know. There which is? One. Oh, there's only yeah. one that keeps popping up and it blows my mind every time. I don't know Ooh, if it's yours. Can you or send not. it to me? <laughs> yeah. It's really tiny. It's like it ends up being like this big. Oh, no. That is not what I have for sure. Oh, 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 oh. so mine's better. Okay. Got it. Um, Your hmm. stroller's better than mine. What else is new? So anyway, apparently there's a ghost who's just like ran with this and theoretically it's ran with this rocking chair idea. And it's like, that's not that bad of an idea, President JFK. Yeah. I'm going to do that now. So people just see it, hear it. And there's a haunted rocking chair. Okay. I mean, it is spooky. Uh, the next thing, next bullet, 
1857, there was uh, a park ranger named Galen Clark. And he was on a hike when he heard a wailing crying. And he said it sounded like a lost puppy. <gasps> oh, no. He ends up running into a group of indigenous people who were hunting and okay. asked if they lost one of their hunting dogs. Um, and they apparently told Galen, oh, that's not one of our dogs. That's actually the spirit of a little boy that drowned nearby and people still hear him crying. <gasps> and Oh, but, don't worry about that. It's not our dog. It's something much more sinister. It's actually much worse. Don't you it's wish it was one of our dogs? Deeply upsetting. Don't you wish my dog was lost? Oh, my God. Um, and apparently people will hear this wailing out in the woods by themselves. Oh, that's horrible. But if you try to get in the water to save somebody, then apparently you'll get pulled under and <gasps> you become one of the ghosts that haunts the area. Oh, no. Um, also, this was in 1857. I wonder if they knew about like whirlpools and riptides and shit. Like maybe it's not the ghost of a little boy. Maybe you just get <sighs> yanked under. I don't know. Maybe it's the little boy. They didn't know about riptides. They were just like, it's a ghost. (laughs) I don't know. Or maybe it's part of like, really like, it's like important lore. I don't know what the, I don't know all the importance of it. But in my mind, I feel like today someone could just say like, oh, dangerous waters. Right. Right, right, right. I understand what you're saying. If I heard lost puppy, I wouldn't be consoled to then hear, nope, dead boy. Like, No, certainly not. I just be like, that's just the sound of the water. Ignore it's like it. literally worst case scenario. Anyway, uh, today that spirit is still known ever since the 1850s or whatever. It's still known as the crying ghost of Grouse Lake. Aww. And people still hear them. Um, also in Yosemite is uh, Tanaya Canyon. Tanaya or Tanaya? I think it's Tanaya. Um, and it's also known as the Bermuda Triangle of Yosemite. What? Which I've never covered the Bermuda Triangle, but I do have notes <gasps> that I'm building for that. So I'd you like to do now mm-hmm. that I'm excited for. Uh, it's called the Bermuda Triangle of Yosemite because that location is known for its many helicopter rescues, disappearances, and fatalities. Oh, and exploring shit. this canyon is heavily discouraged. <gasps> it's oh, so no. dangerous because the terrain has waterfalls that you have to climb mandatory swims mountains you rappel down and ice like slippery cliffs okay this doesn't seem much like bermuda triangle more just like a very dangerous area yeah it just seems like yeah bermuda triangle i feel like part of that is there's a mystery to mystery- it, but there's no mystery yeah, exactly here. like this is like uh i know why people go missing here yeah um others say that the ca- the canyon is very dangerous because again it is allegedly cursed uh, by uh, mm. the native people who lived here. Uh, sure, sure, allegedly, sure, sure, sure. the chief watched his son be murdered and then the chief um, like, cursed the murderer. Okay. But then that doesn't make sense because if he only cursed the murderer and not the land, then why would this land still be problematic? Yeah, it doesn't quite track. So, anyway. True or not, this curse has become like classic urban lore for climbers and backpackers and they'll say like oh well my hike didn't go well but it's because of the curse not like because you're like under prepared (laughs) because i have to climb a waterfall has nothing to do with that (laughs) right um another indigenous curse here is said to be of pohono who is a spirit who will lure hikers to the edges of cliffs and push (gasps) them over oh no pohono is said to lure you with a quote hypnotic rainbow in the mist 
And those who Uh-oh. fall end up haunting the cliffs. I was going to say, what could uh, possibly drag you to a cliff? And then I was like, ooh, a rainbow. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, hypnotic rainbow in the mist. Fuck that yes. sounds... And I've seen them before, and they are luring. Em and I are um, screwed. We're going to walk right off that cliff. Totally. There are also plenty of ghost stories on the general campsite. So people people will hear, like, howling and footsteps and screams and wails at mm-hmm. night. Some campsites have their own legends, um, including campsite number six, where someone allegedly died. And now if you look out of your tent in the middle of the night, you'll see them peeking at you from behind the trees. That's bad. In 1965, another hotel opened uh, for Yosemite tourists, and it was called Wawona Hotel. Okay. The Wawona Hotel is known specifically in the... When it comes to the spooky stories, I don't know much about the Wawona Hotel except for the fact that it has this suite called the Moore Cottage. Okay. So in the 1920s, a pilot actually crashed a small plane near the hotel, <gasps> and they brought him in and let him stay in the Moore Cottage until a doctor got there, but he ended up dying from his oh, injuries. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Today, people still see a pilot wandering around Moore Cottage, and they see him in, like, full (gasps) flight garb. So he's in, like, his scarf and helmet and goggles. And some say he might be a residual spirit because he doesn't actually acknowledge anyone or anything. He just appears and vanishes. But he was also, like, incredibly injured when when he was there. So why is he just walking around? Well, Um, so don't they say that, that, like, ghosts sometimes come back in, like, a more healthy form? Maybe, but also another I theory feel like that's usually when people are like getting visitations and stuff. Right. Another theory is that um, his spirit has healed, but he's confused about where he is, so he actually can't cross over. Oh, well, that's sad. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm reporting the news, man. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> How dare you tell me that? <laughs> but no, I I hope it's just a residual spirit of him, less injured versus like him actually not being able to get anywhere you know being lost yeah that's sad in 2018 there's a review of the hotel online that says one of the guests in Moore cottage actually claims to have witnessed the residual haunting or reactions of the crash of the plane <gasps> crash Whoa. Um, in the middle of the night they heard people rushing around outside of their hotel room um, shouting outside of the door, lights turning on by itself, footsteps. It just sounded like a whole party was like running through the halls, <gasps> freaking out. And the next day, the guest asked about what was happening, and he found out he was the only person in the cottage that night. No, ew. Do you think that's why it was able to like play out? Because it was just so empty. Like, <gasps> do you know what I mean? Ooh. They were like, okay, there's plenty of room to replay this scenario. Ooh. Ooh. I hated that, Christine. That's me shivers. I don't know. (laughs) That Um, sucked. (laughs) Or do you think maybe it happens all the time and you just don't notice if it's... That's true. If there's like a lot of people around, maybe. Yeah. That's fair. I like to to think yours. Yours seems more powerful. (laughs) In the worst way. In the worst way, for sure. For sure. The next day, the guest asked about the party next door, found out they were the only guests that night. Uh, in 1985, guests in the same hotel room were watching TV when a 10-foot rug in their room levitated off the floor and floated towards them. <gasps> Another time in this hotel, uh, there was one night where the I manager... I show you the <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> can you imagine if you just hopped on it? <laughs> um, I wonder what would happen. 
yeah what it like floated towards you to do what like what <laughs> to also take you on a magical ride i don't understand also a 10 foot area rug wasn't being held down by anything like how big is this uh, fucking hotel that's room a great point like not even a single table leg was on it. right anyway okay just money bags that sounds Fine. great <laughs> all right uh, all your r- big rugs everywhere <laughs> i couldn't afford a 10 foot area rug oh my god i've got this little dinky ikea one i was like that's too much damn money and it's by the way held down so it can never levitate towards me (laughs) in a million years that is why i put furniture on my rugs just in case they float away you know you never know you never uh people have also claimed to get uh pictures of weird things in these hotel rooms including one guest who allegedly captured a screaming face in her window oh no and one night the manager was alone in the kitchen and the fire pull station, um, its alarm went off. And this is some sort of alarm that has to be physically activated. So it doesn't just go off by itself. Um, and they were alone in the kitchen and this alarm goes off. So the manager goes to turn off the alarm and realizes that the pull station that had been activated was only 10 feet away from him. Mm. Yeesh. Yeesh. Another mystery in Yosemite is, of course, say it with me, the severed deer heads. Um, in, in 1998, there was a ranger who was hiking several miles from his car, um, and he came across a deer head that was not on the deer's body. Um, and he realized that the deer head had been, it wasn't like, I don't know in what world this is of natural causes, but he realized very quickly it wasn't of natural causes and that the deer head had been freshly cut with some sort of blade. Ugh. The ranger has then been quoted saying any type of hunting was and is illegal in Yosemite. And as I was looking around, wondering what was going on, the hairs on my neck really started to stand up as I realized the body of the deer was nowhere to be found. Oh, ew. It wasn't like nearby. Ugh. And there was no blood at the scene. That Mm -hmm. meant that someone had intentionally killed the deer somewhere else and then intentionally taken the head and left it right there in the middle of the trail. Yeah, and it happened to be seen. You said he's a ranger, right? Mm-hmm. Yikes. So the ranger buried the head and kept walking and found another severed no. deer head. He then buried this one, too, and he started to think that whoever was leaving these might be watching nearby. I was going to say, like, you would... Th- that would be my first thought. That I was Me, too. Watched. Like, fresh blood pouring out of a deer head? He then finds a third severed head... But this one is now mainly just skull because it's decomposed over the last few weeks. So that let him know that this is happening now and was happening a few weeks ago. Yeah, good point. Okay. The ranger tried to radio in about this to other rangers, but he didn't have a code word for severed deer heads. (laughs) You don't say. (laughs) And so he ended up being afraid that maybe someone was watching him and over oh. was overhearing him so he didn't oh. want to say anything that would startle anyone and he yeah. just said never mind and just finished his patrol and walked away and it never got figured out i just picture it when you say never mind that he was like trying to hint at it like taboo <laughs> like you can't like, say certain words no severed heads here like yeah and they're like that's good and he's like you know what forget it you guys aren't yeah. picking up what i'm putting down I feel like you probably just got frustrated. Yeah. Uh, that's why you got to have a code word. You got to have code words with the people. For everything, including severed deer head. You and I actually probably need a code word. Allison and I have a few code words. I, but... I was going to say, we don't even have one. I feel like you and I w- would be the first culprits to have our own code word and we don't have one. Wait, yes, we do. 
We do. We do. We do. Now I have to tell you the code word without telling you the code word. <laughs> I know. Gonna, Hang on. Let me let me text it to you. Okay. I could. I can't even. Whatever it is, I've. It's been lost to me, and I would have never even thought to say it. I think you would. I think once you realize. What? Hang on. I'm still waiting. Okay. I just sent through. it. It's not coming to the through. group chat. I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah you're right Eva okay. remembered Eva said oh my god I was about to send it yeah that was the one we came up while traveling because we were like if we don't want anyone to talk to us like each other if we're having like a crisis if we're in a tailspin this is the word yeah we use. if the three if one of the three of us needs to be left alone and not spoken to and it's not is... like oh I need to fix what's going on it's like just don't talk don't come near me. I don't it think hasn't... we ever really used it because I think we polite. ended up using it we ended up using it as an over an overall like a catch-all word for when other people were pissing us off we would yeah. use it amongst each other we used it c- completely incorrectly from its original intention intent it, intent. it ended up being if any of us were overwhelmed by like something going on at the venue right 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 which was a by lot. the way this is not like it was like all like backstage stuff so if anyone's like getting paranoid you didn't no, no 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 it, it was, was like either either like our luggage disappeared or you know shit like that or people like like certain venues were uh let's just say going on tour we've learned quite a lot about the the ways of venues and we learned that there's quite a lot of uh, misogyny yeah and, there's some uh, um <laughs> cute mishaps miss mishaps that occur when when three people who walk in and sound very feminine are the only three that they can speak to uh we found Sometimes out that a, a lot of people don't like to take orders from wrong. Quote, women or <laughs> feminine presenting people um i know it's hard anyway to <laughs> that's when we would start using that that code a lot so they didn't know what we were talking about but we'd warn each other eva would come up to us and just give us the code and that's how we knew that it was gonna be a bumpy ride <laughs> red alert red alert you know when you've got the holidays the new year and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind especially if you run a small business it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things but stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies for 25 years now stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses whether they're mailing out checks invoices legal documents books podcast branded koozies maybe that's just us or anything else get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink eating better is easy with factors delicious ready-to-eat meals every fresh never frozen meal is chef crafted dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes there's over 35 different options to choose from every week including calorie smart protein plus and keto there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long 
Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required and it's less expensive than takeout. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is a perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. I've found myself recently recommending Factor to so many people in my life and this food is really good. So Blaze and I actually get to pick our own meals every week and, you know, separate them in the little drawer in the fridge and uh, make sure the other keeps their hands off. I personally love the cold brew smoothies. Those are always my go-to in the morning if I'm running around dropping Leona off, don't have time to cook myself breakfast. It's a great solution. Head to factormeals.com slash drink50 and use code drink50 to get 50% off. That's code drink50 at factormeals.com slash drink50 to get 50% off. Okay, so anyway, where were we? Severed heads. So apparently the... Uh, he just like left and then it never got solved. I don't know. That makes me think that no one was watching because they definitely watched you pick up multiple severed heads and then like oddly not mention it on a radio. I would think so. Yeah. Unless he's covering for himself and he did it. Mm. I don't know, but that doesn't really make sense either. Now that's the true crime brain of Christine Schieffer. I'm just saying he who smelt it dealt it. And that applies to severed deer heads. How convenient that he'd be the one to find these heads. Extremely convenient. So fun fact, Yosemite is also where people saw the second sighting of the Fresno crawlers, night crawlers. (gasps) That's right. I remember the video. So I actually have the link for you so you oh, can rewatch it. Oh, this video it. creeps me the F out, dude. It creeps me out, too. I think I forgot how creepy it's it is. incredibly unsettling. It actually, like, does not make fucking sense. No, like, it's, like, really uncomfy to watch. Like, really just uncomfy. Send it to you. It's, okay, I'm gonna go and we'll it. post it on our Instagram for people, but um, it just makes no goddamn sense. I'm going to mute it and watch it. Oh, it's so unsettlingly creepy so for those of you and it's who like are smooth yeah like it like glides it's a... and then there's another one i forgot about the other one it feels like it has to be like drunk people wearing sheets or something like it yeah. looks a little like a drunken stroll but um <laughs> yeah it's almost like too intentional with its legs like yeah here i go yeah. <laughs> well so for those of you who are not on youtube or oh, near I instagram right it. now oh, i hate it um Basically, in 2011, after the first sighting uh, in Fresno of the Fresno Nightcrawlers, in 2011, the second sighting was when a couple aimed their security cards at their uh, their security camera at their driveway to monitor potential break-ins. And they caught in their yard these two Fresno Nightcrawlers walking very weirdly. Ugh, it's so creepy. And these... uh, Anyway, so that's that's I just wanted to mention that because we have talked about the Nightcrawlers before. That was episode 277, if you want to go listen to it. It was a great Um, episode. The Nightcrawlers are also some of the most beloved of the cryptids. A lot of people say that they're just very friendly and sweet. Although there's some people who say that what you're seeing in the video of them walking like that, that's them walking slowly. And if you and they can actually like charge at you. Why would anyone know that? I want to ask the person who who explained that to be like, okay, what's your fucking like resume that you can tell me that? <laughs> like, how would you know that? How could you possibly know how fast they can walk? Like, what do you maybe mean? They, You're not maybe a, that like... was a Fresno Nightcrawler in the basement just typing it out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe because I don't understand how else anybody would know that. But I hate the thought of it, and I'm I I'm also mad, hate the I'm thought mad of it. about it. 
So not not only does Yosemite have potentially night crawlers, but they also have theories about aliens and UFOs. And they're the main reason that people think there could be aliens or UFOs beyond the fact that it's like this big eerie mountain where there's caves and, you know, all that good stuff is that there are a significant amount of missing children's cases. Oh, shit. And this is another thing where I'm saying like aliens and UFOs is like maybe a more lighthearted way to try to look at that, but it's still sure. like really intense trauma that children yeah, go through. Yeah. So um, maybe it's aliens. Maybe it's something much more real. Maybe it's um, us trying to make ourselves feel better by saying it's aliens. Yeah. I got well, you. so I will say if there's a good thing to these abduction cases, uh, they all follow this really weird, similar pattern where all the kids are usually just you're you're going to be fine. Hang on. The kids are usually 18 to 24 months old that are going <laughs> missing and they disappear near huckleberry trees. But the what? real wild thing is that all of the kids, or at least most of the kids, are found completely unharmed. <gasps> but the weird part is that they're in unexplainable locations. Okay, I've heard about this phenomenon. It It's very weird like multiple like tens of miles away from where they went missing yeah, and, and i've they heard like that no scratches like, they're no perfectly dirt on them. clean and like fed yeah they're yeah. barefoot which is weird sometimes yeah. um one boy was found 12 miles away but also two mountain peaks away so like he oh, had come on like he would have had to have climbed two fucking mountain oh, peaks to get where he was explain that some of the kids have also been found thousands of feet higher in elevation, which would have required like professional climbing gear and the ability to do that. Yeah. And I've also heard with those cases as well, it's like, uh, there's like a natural instinct for humans. Like if you're lost, there's like a very natural instinct of trying to find your way. And mm -hmm. this does not follow that pattern at all. Like they end up in yeah. very weird places that don't like fit where a kid or a person would normally try and find their way back just yeah. weird weird shit so people Oof. have blamed aliens like picking them up and then like five seconds later realizing they don't want their responsibility and dumping the kid back this or is something. a lot of work it's true people have also said apparently there's a pterodactyl like cryptid that has been known to lurk around the mountain what? so they think they're getting picked up and dropped by kids um, and like or, it's just taking their shoes <laughs> yeah i guess so uh people have also said i mean that there's uh, apparently bigfoot is an option and then okay. the most realistic besides like bigfoot. hikers oh, oh. <laughs> well besides, besides bigfoot, bigfoot. <laughs> besides actual hikers maybe truly trying to abduct children um, right. They also think that it could be really big birds picking them up, thinking they're prey, and then they're too heavy and dropping the kid. But then that wouldn't explain why they're not dirty or crying or bloody or scratched And why up. they didn't say, um, big bird picked me up. <laughs> right. Well, to the same reasoning, a lot of people think that maybe it's bears um, because oh. all of these kids are being taken by huckleberry bushes. Um, oh. But also, like most of them are being found completely unharmed. So anyway, it's very odd. It's just a really it weird thing. Odd. It is very Speaking odd. of Bigfoot, a lot of people have seen Bigfoot out here or at least some sort of big hairy monster. Again, could just be bears. But one camper in Yosemite has heard heavy footsteps heading for his tent and saw what he called it a furry Goliath. Ooh. Um, 
my favorite thing about this story is that it's like a one sentence story of like, oh, I saw what I thought was Bigfoot. <laughs> and it ends with both of them screaming and running away from each other. <laughs> Wait, both of them? <laughs> it's like they, it's like they like Freaky Friday or something and scared each other. Um, there's also a creature out there called the Devil Ape or Devil Fang, but it's also been recently called the Watts Valley Wolf Ape because it's been oh. seen near the Watts Valley Cemetery. And this wolf I've never ape, heard of that. Me either. It just sounds kind of like um, kind of another Bigfoot. Like where... another skunk ape type thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's this gray, mangy-haired human-ape combo hybrid kind of thing. Sure, 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 sure. He apparently coughs and foams at the mouth. So we're Ooh. thinking rabies or COVID with all the coughing. That freaks <laughs> COVID, me out. COVID, oh no. Uh, and one time a photographer was in Yosemite and actually saw a pack of them run up to his tent. And then we don't really hear how that ended. All these oh, stories, no. like, you never hear how they ended. I want to yeah, know Yeah, I'm like, ended. if this happened to me, I'd be like, you better believe I'm telling you every single fucking second of what happened. Yeah, it's like, the fact that it was anticlimactic every time at the end makes me think the story just, isn't like, real. Don't feel like finishing the story? Like, come on. It's like, well, first of all, a pack of them. So there's more than one. A pack of them run up hanging? to you. And then oh. you just like went to bed. What? Okay. Um, another time a wolf ape uh, went into a one room schoolhouse that apparently <gasps> is in Yosemite, which now I need to know more about. Yes, you do. And Imagine you are at a one room schoolhouse and a cryptid shows up. Like, I know that. I would die out of bliss. I'd be like, yeah, well, that'd be your dream. That's it now. I've seen well, it all. That's it. Uh, peaked. So there's a one-room schoolhouse, which I need to figure out where that is. <laughs> and a wolf ape apparently came charging in and terrorized the students and the teacher. And the teacher like locked themselves in a closet. Oh, it was this... during school. During oh, God. school. No, for fun. The students and teachers hang out together at the schoolhouse. Well, and I thought it was like a current story. Like it's just a oh, one-room oh, schoolhouse oh. that was like historic or something. I don't know. Uh, it sounds like they like literally were trying to put all their desks on each other on top of each other to like try to like blockade this wolf ape from oh. getting in. Um, again, guess what? We don't know how it ends, but I guess at least oh someone God. survived to tell the tale. Um, <laughs> and then the last time one was seen, it was in the 1990s. A wolf ape was said to be drinking water out of Bass Lake. So anyway, that is just a sampling, a smorgasbord, and amalgamation of the <laughs> creatures and the spookiness that is Yosemite National Yo, Park. What a fucking adventure. What a journey you just took me on. Thank you. Well, I'm about to take myself on another journey when I figure out what this schoolhouse is all about. Um, oh, before we even get into your story, I got to say, speaking of schoolhouses. Oh, that was Geo. Yes. Sorry. Uh, speaking of schoolhouses, I uh, got back Where in touch. Where is this going? <laughs> oh, well, not, nowhere really that special. I just wanted to. This is where the podcast becomes more of a phone call where I'm just telling you things and I don't oh, really. Great. I yeah, don't you guys no one really no, wants the update. You don't but... need to listen to this part. Just pretend we're talking. Pretend you're eavesdropping. Yeah, just um make some small discussion groups around amongst yourself and we'll be back in a second. <laughs> yeah. Talk amongst um, yourselves for a moment. But while I have you, Christine, yeah. uh so fun fact, my before I went to the school I went to, my kindergarten and my preschool were a, a schoolhouse. And so I recently got back in touch apparently there's like an alumni facebook group of people who went to my schoolhouse like your preschool yeah like oh it was like God. preschool and kindergarten alumni um the group was created by actually a friend of mine um, oh my God. 
I didn't even know that. I was scrolling down to see how long this group has been around. And it said like that, like someone I know created it. And I was like, I didn't even know that this was a thing. Why didn't they invite you? That's awkward. <sighs> I know. We're fighting now. <laughs> they don't know that though. Um, but anyway, I got back in touch with my, um, like the, I don't know if they were the principal or whoever, but uh, it was a married couple who ran the schoolhouse and oh their God. names were Mr. Rick and Miss Vicky. And Stop, not Miss Vicky. Miss Vicky was a peach. I love Miss Vicky. How and Mr., Mr. Rick and I are Facebook friends now. Mr. Rick? I mean, come on. That's and I adorable. literally, in the, gr- in the alumni Facebook group, um, I like still feel weird as like a 31-year-old person to call him anything other than Mr. Rick. I know, right? You get that weird, like Leona's teacher... It's like Miss Blank, like Miss Kate or Miss whatever. And it's like, it feels so weird to say that, but it also feels weird to just say like Kate or, you know, I'm like, do I, on -on one-on-one, do I call you Miss Kate? Well, so I always, I always wanted to know like the history behind like why we went to school in a house. Like what was it? Whose house was it? What was the story? So I was, I wrote into the Facebook group and I was like, Mr. Rick, can you tell me about the house? Like, (laughs) (laughs) wait, that's so cute. Did he respond? Yeah, he responded. He told me all about it. But um, was it anyway, his house? It was not his house. It was a a cardiologist's house. Um, and he oh, it how also the tables to... have turned. I mean, you should go back. <laughs> and it it used to be a farm, I guess. And so they ended how up. Cool. He ended up moving away, I guess. But it used to be his house, and he had his office there. Mm. Um, and then I guess when his practice closed and he was like retiring, it just they bought it and turned it into a school. But yeah, it was like a three room schoolhouse. And I now I and I'm starting to wonder like, is that why I'm so into schoolhouses? So anyway, I didn't. I want. I don't want to say I didn't know you went to because maybe I did. Maybe you mentioned it, but like I don't remember that fact about you. I don't think I. I mean, I knew like because I'd been in the building, but I never actually. Oh, like called it out loud a schoolhouse before and then I was like interesting maybe that's why I like the one room schoolhouse thing because yeah, mine was so sense. like it was tiny and cozy and there was I can still remember like each room very specifically and I'm also going through a lot of my um old family pictures right now so I found a bunch of pictures of the schoolhouse right. so anyway that's what led me to looking it up online finding the group Facebook group I love that the end anyway that was just like something wholesome before you tell us something really um, awful Excellent. Uh, good timing, because now I have something awful to tell you. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> this is the story of the Costa Concordia sinking. The hell is that? I mean, it's I a sinking. Gonna, I was going to ask if you remembered it. Um, I guess not. Uh, that implies okay. we've talked about it before. No, no, no. Like, if you remember it when it occurred in the news, I meant. No, no, I don't. Okay. So it was 2012. Um, oh, okay. We were busy being young and stupid, probably. Mm-hmm. I was 20. So yes, mm-hmm. definitely young and stupid. All right. So before I tell you the story also, there's something I wanted to mention up top that I completely forgot. So I'm going to throw it in here. Um, that Megan, our oh, Megan, our wonderful <laughs> social media person, even though it really irks us to say that, with a name like Megan mm-hmm. um, has actually made uh, like show page, like a page for all our episodes, like an episode guide on the oh, website. Yeah. So like, because when you were mentioning um, like the episode you did on the night crawlers and all that, um, Megan like totally revamped it. Like, let me go. If you click into, let's see, how does it work? Oh, I don't think she's even 
posted it yet but if you like click in you can see all the different uh like show notes and links and stuff in each episode it's very cool and it's something i'd always hoped to have and just thought we'll never have time for this um yeah. so i'm very very thankful for that so if you want more information you can um go on the website and the episodes will now have like all the deets there so nice that being said this is the newest one to add to the page the Costa Concordia. So, the Costa Concordia was an eight-year-old Italian cruise vessel sailing under Costa Cruises, which was a subsidiary of Carnival Cruises. Mm-hmm. And you know how well things go for these cruise companies. In I the news. <laughs> have an opinion about Carnival Cruises. Yes, I do. do you? Know. Oh yeah. Why? <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> You can't say I have an opinion. No comment. I guess well, you can. I, <laughs> you I just did. <laughs> look, as I've gotten older, I am aware that, you know, I know cruises nothing are... about cruises. Like, I've never been on one. I don't know anything. I'm totally well, out of the loop. I'm, I, the, the older I get, the weirder I feel about them because I know they're like definitely like they represent a lot of not so good stuff. But at the same time, I used to be I'm from a cruise family. You were a cruise fam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, you know, when I think about just selfishly what I enjoy, I do love a cruise. Yeah. Um, and we were always told that Carnival was like the party one and it was, there's some good things to it where like, if you've never done a cruise before, it's a very, this is so like uppity, but this, this is a regurgitation of what I've heard my whole life. And I was always told, don't, don't do a Carnival cruise. You gotta do these, these, these. But apparently carnival cruises are like the party cruise. And since oh, I was always with like the the 20, like once you can drink, it's the cruise to go on. But I think because a lot of people who go on there are a little younger and make maybe not the best choices sometimes. Apparently um, there's a lot of incidences on the cruises. Like they catch on fire a lot because people just like. <laughs> oh, good. Like it just sounds like um, like a house party on the water, which. To some people is great, but I was always with my cruise family, aka a, a, hmm, a more she she group, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, and I they see. were they were not interested in the carnival cruises, so I was always told to have an opinion about them. But to be oh, fair, I've wow. never actually been on one, so for all I know, I need to like just shut the. Fuck I mean, up. I have no idea. Like, I don't know how much you know about Beachy Sandy, um, but it's another podcast I do. I was um, gonna say I've heard about it. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard of it, uh, and I have this whole running gag where. I found this forum called Cool Cruiser called cruisecritic.com and it's My mom these... runs that, I think. <laughs> she might. It's all these cool cruisers. That's what like their usernames are called cool cruisers and mm-hmm. it'll be like Miss Vicky, cool cruiser since 2012, you know. <laughs> and it'll be like and it, they have a lingo and so mm-hmm. it'll be like my DH, my dear husband, that would be Mr. Rick, obviously. Obviously. Uh, DH wanted to do a carnival cruise, but they always say eek and like my brother hates it because every <laughs> every I'll like read a forum and like every five minutes I'll just scream eek and they have like emoticons but they don't show up on my browser so they'll just say like colon like colon smiling waving yeah you know like colon eek and uh there's sometimes people don't get it and so they'll write like colon sits down at bar and orders oh. a drink and i'm like that's not how the emoticons work um but it's like a delightful place because it's so much fun to read they're like it, it's just chaotic in there and so th- my only knowledge of cruises is from 
that forum, which I learned more than I ever thought I would without having to go on a cruise um, for what it's worth. But yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, people have like countdowns for like months, years. Oh, yeah. Oh, like it's we're, intense. We're in that group. It's We've, like a lifestyle. My my grandma was also a, a big cruiser and we would just get told she always knew the day. She'd be like, oh, 108 days left until this cruise. Oh, 97 days until this cruise. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's like a big thing. And like, so was anyway. Was it fun, though? Like, for oh, you? they're to me, they're the, the best. I love it because I love doing I, well, first of all, I was also very, very fortunate that I was like the kid that got to like just follow my parents on the luxury cruise lines with every amenity you could possibly imagine. Sure. It was very like just deliciously, grossly lavish. And so uh, I just remember having a lot of really good memories as a kid of like they have so many floors. Like, I mean, especially like we're a Royal Caribbean cruise line family. And so they, or if I like that, it just has the word Royal in it. I don't know anything about it, but Royal. Well, Royal (laughs) Caribbean. So I feel like these days it's kind of, I I don't know what it is anymore, but I know that like the top one was Norwegian cruise lines and that Mm. one, I never, I never did one of those. Those were even more lavish, but that was also Mm -hmm. very like elegant old money. And Royal Caribbean was supposed to be more for like the family experience where they had things for all ages. So they had literally like carousels. They had full ass. What the like, fuck? Like a whole floor looks like a circus. Like they have what? Um, they have carousels. There's a whole, um, they have ice skating rinks. They have rollerblading rinks. They have movie theaters, multiple movie theaters. They have like 10 pools. They have, uh, they had one bar that wasn't like, uh, I forget what the bar was called. It's called like the sky deck or something. But it's a bar that's an elevator. So they have this massive elevator and put a bar in it so you can go up and down and it's glass <gasps> walls so you can see all the floors of the cruise as you're... I mean, it's like, it's like I don't know, it, it, way too she-she. But as like a five-year-old, it was like a magical fairyland. It was like, I didn't even know things like this existed. Well, you know, my they have dad... Like mini I... golf on the roof, everything. Basketball Fuck. courts, tennis courts. It does explain a lot about you because sometimes you'll... <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I just mean sometimes you'll be like so excited about something kind of random and I'm like, what? And then I'm like, oh, because it'll be like, oh, there's mini golf on the roof. And M will be like, that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, okay, yeah. this is making a lot of sense now that you had these experiences and it's like reminiscent of those like family vacations and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was also like, I, cause I loved water stuff, but I hate the beach. And right. so oh, well, it was a go. way to be on the water and there's like, like go a to, water like, park. <laughs> literally it no. chlorine in it. So don't worry. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not kidding. A lot of the Royal Caribbeans on like the top deck now, uh, they have like uh, two to three water slides and like, I mean, it's everything you can imagine from every type of theme park or destination or whatever. And then, after, like, in between every other day, you, like, dock at a whole new town. So you get to get off the ship and, like, explore. And then when the day's over, you, you're still on this whole ship with a bunch of crap to do. So, anyway, I very much liked the cruise life as a kid. I was very lucky I to be it. a cruise kid. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I always had, like, a... I was told to have opinions about them as well. And I don't think they were necessarily fair. I just don't know. I don't know much about them. I get why they would be so fun. And I'm sure as a kid, I would really want to do one. I've heard a lot of horror stories now, so I'm slightly more skeptical. However, here's my however. Mm -hmm. What if we did a fun little like cruise, like a 
I don't know, a true crime crew. No, that sounds bad. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's a murder. No, like a paranormal crew. Well, that already like a Jim Harold's paranormal crew. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I like, I would do that. I would do something fun if it were like themed or built into like. uh, I would do Jim Harold's paranormal cruise with you. I would love to do that. That would be my dream. I do. We have not been invited, but I would love to do it. I do. Uh, I know eventually my mom and I have always talked because my so my grandma was the big cruise person and my mom became a big cruise person. And because of that, I like cruises. I don't do them now because that means I'd have to pay for them. Um, right. Sure. But uh, which is why I'm saying we should do it for work so that I don't, we yeah. don't have to pay. For that. <laughs> well, so I think I think um, so my my grandmother, who I think she's so there's certain like memberships, not memberships, but um like a like a gold medallion something, oh i know all whatever. about those people post their they get trophies yeah. and shit yeah yeah so my mom ma- my grandma i think was only like three away or something from a hundred cruises something oh, crazy shit. and so she's once you hit a certain number you're silver then you're bron- but so i don't know what the numbers are but i know once you hit a hundred you're gold yeah i think and um she's she's still here and she's still with it so i think we're gonna try to do three cruises to get her the 100 fuck yes and then that might be the end of my cruise life i know so that's fingers crossed that's like the probably the last of my cruise era but it would be cool to like be with my grandma on her hundredth i love that and you know my dad is actually going on a cruise for the first time he's in his 70s he's going on a cruise for the first time this week in his life what which cruise line do you know (laughs) he's doing a very fancy one in alaska i don't know the details Ooh. Uh, all, he, all he said was it's not like a normal cruise and i said i don't know what that means because you've never <laughs> and you don't know what that means because neither of us have been on a cruise before but if he he's said, on like, it it's not going to be a normal it's cruise. not a normal that's true that's true and so he's like uh he's going to alaska and then they like do a week on land and then they do like a week oh interesting i don't know it sounds crazy he it, I was like, have fun. I don't know. I don't really yeah. understand what's happening. But um, he's doing his first in his 70s. So it's not too late for me in my 30s. You know, that's I the truth. Still, yeah. Still get it in there. But um, I hope this doesn't come off, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Like glib, because this is obviously a very tragic story I'm about to tell. Um, sure. So Sorry. Ho- I really came. I came in hot by saying I had an opinion about car- Carnival Cruises. That no, was no. <laughs> probably the most elitist thing I'll ever say in my entire life. But um <laughs> Anyway, the end. No, no, I, 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 we needed to get it in there because, like, I know cruises are something you and I have always had like such intense, varying opinions on. Just for mm-hmm. me, with my lack of experience, you with your <laughs> just massive amounts of experience. Um, so I knew we were, had to get that in there somewhere. So basically, Carnival Cruises owns uh the the Costa Cruise line and I believe this is like a European subsidiary um and so it's an Italian vessel this Costa Concordia and essentially it is one of these massive ships that you describe M I don't know if there's like a fucking carnival on it uh or <laughs> carnival uh what do you call it a uh what did you say was on one of the floors? Like a circus? I mean, a car- it's in, it's ironic that I, I won't uh, yeah. go on a carnival cruise, but I will go on the carnival on a cruise. You want, but- <laughs> you want a carnival on your cruise. You don't want... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know like what all was involved in the ship itself, um, but it was 114,000 tons, and it carried 3,206 passengers. Hmm. And so this cruise was scheduled to be a seven-day Italian cruise from Civitavecchia, which is a port in Rome, to Savona. 
And this is January 2012. And um, I want to say again, I don't know. I, I just want to be clear here with all our blabbering about cruises, you know, hard line here. This becomes very, very disturbing and upsetting. And I don't want people to think we're taking this lightly, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so in addition to the passengers, there were 1,023 crew members. So total, 4,252 people aboard. And this is a big-ass ship. The captain of the ship was 52-year-old Captain Francesco Scatino. And he had grown up on the Mediterranean coast and came from a long line of ship owners and seafarers. And according to his sister, Francesco loves the sea. He has always worked as an officer. He has a long career behind him. So he began his career working for a ferry line and was then hired by the parent company, Carnival, to work for Costa Cruises in 2002. And at first, he worked for a while as second in command on a ship. And in 2006, he was uh, promoted and became captain of Costa's brand new cruise ship, the Costa Concordia. On the day of its launch, some superstitious people already felt like there was a little bit of a red flag in the mm. air. And as someone who does not think I'm superstitious, but then has like deeply rooted OCD compulsions and right. and uh, tics, um, I am probably not one to deny anybody they're superstitious. Uh, yeah, I feel like it was something people were like, "Ooh, that's not a good sign," but then didn't take it super seriously. If that makes sense, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Basically, which we talked about in the Queen Mary. Uh, on the Queen Mary tour, when I originally did the the history of the Queen Mary, there is a maritime tradition. Do you remember the maritime tradition to like a uh, to no. when a new ship is about to embark on its journey? <laughs> I don't remember what you smash a bottle on the hull of the vessel. You smash oh. like a champagne bottle. Okay, on the hull. And so this is like an 18th century maritime tradition. They did it on the Queen Mary. Um, and this was part of the tradition. So typically the bottle is smashed and then they announce the ship's name. And this is like, the like, welcome to the, it's like its own um, debut. It's like a ball. ribbon. Uh -huh. It's like, <laughs> it's like a ribbon, a ribbon cutting. Yeah. It's like presenting them to the world. You know what I mean? Like a ribbon cutting. Can you imagine if you just hit someone in the face with a champagne bottle and went, this is the name of this person. Welcome. <laughs> Introducing our special Introducing, TED Talk host. Welcome to society. Now, who wants to marry this beautiful <laughs> belle of the ball? Okay. So, <laughs> sorry she's covered in glass. Um, so, <laughs> so, they smash the bottle and announce the name of the ship. And the ritual, traditionally, is supposed to invoke fair winds and calm seas for future sailings. On smaller ships, they usually smash the bottle against the hull by hand, but on big cruise liners like the Concordia, the bottle is actually tied to a rope and then released like a pendulum. Damn. And it's meant to swing down and dramatically explode on the hull. Love it. So in 2002, the Concordia's champagne bottle was dropped, hit the hull, and did not shatter. <gasps> oh, so everyone should... The red flag. Red flag. It actually bounced off. And in the video, you can hear the onlookers kind of make sounds of disappointment. Like, ah, it's supposed to like yeah. dramatically explode. And according to tradition, this was a terrible omen for the ship's career at sea. Mm. Just saying. 
In 2008, the ship suffered serious damage when high winds in an Italian port pushed it into a dock. And there was also an issue in general with the crew. So in 2010, Francesco, the captain, uh, allegedly caused damage to another cruise vessel when he entered a German port going way too fast. And a leaked letter that came out that was sent from his employer to him accused him of damaging the ship. So they kept it hush-hush. But later, this letter was leaked, revealing that he had, like, sped into a German port and damaged another ship. Mm. Francesco wrote back in this letter, I did not know the speed limit and have not received notification of an infraction from the relevant authorities. So there's no real conclusion here, but it's also not comforting to read that the captain admitted he didn't even know the speed limit and was just, like, bursting his way through. Like, that's something you can find out, you know? Okay, yeah. And especially if you're driving a 71,000 ton ship, like maybe check the speed limit instead of saying, well, I didn't know the speed limit. Like that doesn't get you out of a ticket. So why would it get I, you I, out of smashing into another ship? I can't imagine the, I mean, I, I can't think of a worse excuse of like, oh, well, mm -hmm. I didn't know how to drive this. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't check the law. It's like, well, yeah. that's okay. That doesn't really work, but all right. Um, but I guess it did because it seems like that kind of got brushed under the rug. Um, so on Friday, January 13th, did you catch that? On Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. He caught that. Uh, nobody seems to mention that, but it was the first thing I saw. Uh, Interesting. You know, no one else cares the, the way that we I care mean, about that? I'm sure people noticed it. I don't know. I think it's pretty ominous, but I feel like if me, this is a story already rooted in superstition, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, well, whatever. Okay. Maybe it was just not the news. Maybe the news articles were not really, you know, yeah, <laughs> pitching that angle. Um, so Friday, the 13th, January 13th, 2012, the Concordia was underway on its six day journey. Around 9 p.m., the ship would pass the Tuscan island of Giglio. And many ships pass the island on their routes, usually uh, two to three miles away from shore. And the Concordia's route that night was meant to take the ship past the island, get this, six miles from the shore. Mm -hmm. However, so the planned route, six miles away from shore, right? However, some vessels participate in sort of a sketchy tradition, oh, which God. you just love to hear it. Uh, a sketchy tradition called a sail-by. And on Giglio Island, uh, this practice is known as an inchino or a bow, and it involves lighting up the ship as bright as possible, deviating from the planned route to sail what? much closer to shore and honk the horn as like a spectacle for all the people on the land. Oh, God. Okay. So this is sort of like a, a wink, wink. Like we just do this. We kind of deviate from the route for a few miles and put on a little show and then go back to the route mm -hmm. apparently this is something a lot of ships do and officially it's not a recognized practice but the mayor of Giglio, this island said many of them pass close to Giglio to salute the local population with blasts from their sirens it's a very nice show to see the ship all lit up when you see it from the land and i feel like now, as a person I, I would be get as a person on shore I'd be so stoked. It's kind of like when you're on the highway and you used to like pull your hands yes, around the trucks yes, and they would yes. honk back and like you get personal, so thrilled. Absolutely. Yeah. I could see why it would be fun to put on that show for people. 
Yes, I totally, totally get it. And and adding on to that, the sailbys were also sort of salutes to crew members of different ships who often retired to the island. So they're like living on this mm. island and they see their ship go by or like another ship and they're sort of, it's sort of like a wink wink at like the people who were in their same field, you know, like yeah. re- retired crews, I don't know, captains or whoever was uh, part of the staff in the past who's retired. Now you can give them like a little like nod of acknowledgement and go on your way. And so, yes, it's nice in theory. However, deviating from the route, uh, which was pretty intentionally created to keep the ship safe, uh, obviously can be hazardous. So, I mean, I probably don't even need to tell you this, but there are rocks, uh, there are shallow water, uh, things that are not meant to be driven over by a 71,000 ton ship. So on January 13th, Francesco finished his dinner and headed to the bridge at little af- a little after 9 p.m. And this is from marineinsight.com because I didn't know what a bridge was. Uh, <laughs> do you know what a bridge is on a ship? Uh, in my mind, it's like the captain's la- like where he goes to bed or, or like the, I... where you like watch the wheel and the speedometer and everything no oh i don't mate oh yeah i think you're probably right because i was thinking the brig and i'm like that's different thing, oh like a right? jail <laughs> yeah i'm like isn't that a dungeon what's happening i think going uh, to like uh, going to the bridge is like the area like the with ma- all the like equipment okay i think you're right so i copied and pasted the definition here from marineinsight.com the bridge is the main control center of a vessel you're so smart from well where the captain- i watch a lot of I watch a lot of Below Deck also, so. Oh, that's right. I was going to say you've been on so many ships, but you've just watched a lot of reality TV. (laughs) Oh, so Eva probably knew that one right away. She likes that show. I know that. Well, that's why I also thought it was like the captain's like lounge or where he goes to sleep because on yachts, there's a lot of times the same spot. So that way the captain's always near the bridge. Now, what if you knew that about yachts because you've spent so much time on yachts? That would be funny. (laughs) It probably would not (laughs) sound any better than me spending a lot of time on cruises, so... (laughs) Uh, it would probably be worse. Uh, okay, so let's see. The bridge is the main control center from where the captain and officers are able to man the entire operations of the vessel is generally located in a position with an unrestricted view and immediate access to the essential areas of a ship. So, yes, you were right. So he goes to the bridge around 9 p.m. to initiate this sail-by of Giglio Island. At 9.34 p.m., he told the helmsman Jacob to turn the rudder to manual mode. He then phoned up former captain Mario Palumba, who he used to work under when he was second in command. And Mario had basically pioneered, like created the sail by tradition. So Francesco was like, okay, I'm calling you. You're like the expert on this sail by thing. What's the safe distance from shore? Uh, Mario tells Francesco, you'll be all good uh, if you're 0.3 to 0.4 miles off the island. That's 1,500 feet. They're supposed to be six miles off the shore. Yeah, they're really, really now flirting with trouble. Point three, like that is a dramatic distance off route. Yeah, in my yeah. opinion. So Mario's like, "Oh yeah, you're totally fine if you're like fifteen hundred feet away from the shore." So Francesco sets the radar for point five miles from the shore, but then he started using his binoculars to estimate the distance manually. Mm-hmm. Now, the conditions at this point were not ideal either. The wind was really rough, uh, so the water was choppy, and that 
obviously makes it very difficult to see hazards like rocks, that kind of thing. Uh, it was also partially cloudy and nighttime. So like just not the ideal time uh, f- to kind of go off route uh, for funsies. Yeah. So Francesco once said in an interview, quote, I wouldn't like to be in the role of captain on the Titanic having to sail in an ocean of icebergs. These days, everything is much safer. It is easier to navigate thanks to modern technical instruments and the Internet. So what he does is he turns everything off and decides to estimate it with his binoculars. Okay. So basically, he just said. I don't know if you caught the irony there. He basically said driving a ship. I don't know if you drive a ship. Do you drive a ship? I mean, there's a wheel. That's true. You captain a ship. He said, I would not want to be the captain of the Titanic. Everything's manual. You don't know if there are any hazards, but at least now we have technology. And now he's turning off all the technology (laughs) to do it manually. Just to clarify. So he's relying on his senses, very dangerous, over technical instruments to navigate a dangerous maneuver. Uh, Ironically, fun fact... The date was only a few months away from the 100-year anniversary of the Titanic sinking. Oh. Okay. Well, there's cool. also a, that's also a really sad fun fact. Yeah. Terrible. So, in an interview, former Captain Mario said that Francesco was always a daredevil who frequently had to be put back in his place. And that was his former boss. So, that's not mm-hmm. a good sign. Now, obviously, when sailing, people use the term knots to denote speed. Um, sure. We're going to use miles per hour. Just Thank you. So we are not constantly trying to convert them. At 940, Francesco told Jacob, the helmsman, to increase the ship's speed from 3.5 miles per hour to 18 miles per hour and to turn toward 310 degrees. Now, at this point, the ship was still following the route on the radar, passing about half a mile away, but Francesco ordered the helmsman to deviate from that course to follow his own, like, manual eyeballing. He's like, just go Mm. that way, like, by sight. And this is where some controversy starts with Jacob, the helmsman, okay? Because ships have what is called a work language. I did not know this. And that is the official language of that ship that crew members are all expected to speak and understand, at least somewhat fluently, to make sure everybody can communicate. It's for safety reasons. Jeez. Okay. You know I, I would mean? think all ships would have the same language. Well, no, no, no. Like, I'm talking like English, Italian. Oh, oh. I thought French. you were saying there's like a work jargon that every individual ship oh, has. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I mean, like, each ship has to have an official language that everybody needs to speak to be able to like effectively communicate with the entire yeah because it's like over a thousand people on the staff and they were all expected to know the same language and on this ship the language was italian makes sense it's an italian Mm -hmm. ship most of the crew is italian and so This common language was meant to be used in emergencies so they could understand orders, so that they could direct passengers, everybody could be on the same page. And like I said, the Concordia's work language was Italian. So Mm -hmm. everyone on the bridge, especially the helmsman, should be fluent in Italian. But because English has become, you know, pretty ubiquitous, uh, there are sometimes this assumption that everybody should speak it or does speak it even when their first language is not English. But there was no reason that Jacob the helmsman 
should have been expected to speak English when the work language was Italian. However, Francesco claims that Helmsman Jacob barely spoke English or Italian, which caused miscommunications in the bridge. However, recordings from the bridge seem to contradict that claim. Basically, okay. uh, Jacob was not fluent in English, and Francesco's kind of using that as an excuse, even okay. though he was supposed to be speaking Italian, because that was the language of the ship. So, the ship's black box recorded Francesco giving commands at critical moments exclusively in English, which was not the language Jacob was expected to know. At 9.40 p.m., he ordered Jacob in English to direct the ship to 325 degrees. Jacob repeated 315, and the first deck officer, who also apparently struggled with English, corrected him with yet another incorrect number, saying, no, 335. Oh, okay. So these are already three different numbers being bandied about here. Francesco then repeated 325, and Jacob finally understood and said, okay, 325. Minutes later, Francesco gave another bearing in English, saying 350. Jacob repeated 340. Oh, my God. And Francesco told him, no, 350. He said, otherwise, we'll end up on the rocks. Soon, the boat was half a mile closer to the island than initially planned. Oh, God. So Francesco looked ahead, realized there was a problem. There were waves breaking against rocks straight ahead, and they were basically on collision course with disaster. Mm. He started giving orders to Jacob to turn the ship to 350 degrees. But there was another major issue because now they were going 18 miles per hour, which is way too fast to turn efficiently. So Jacob directed the boat to the correct bearing, but they were still only turning 327 degrees. Uh, which is still under what they needed to avoid the rocks. Oh, God. What was that? She found it on the web. Who was that? Uh, Girl, that was Siri. What are you talking about? Was that your Siri? No, that was your Siri. It was not mine. It wasn't mine. That is so weird. We both heard her, right? Yeah, but it came from, like, over here. No, but it came from over here. (laughs) what the fuck that's weird so they start to turn but they're going so fast that the turn they're not going to make the turn in time if that makes sense right they're still going under the amount that they need to get away from the collision track exactly you got it you're so smart uh you know know. obviously way more about boats than i do even though i had took sailing (laughs) lessons for years that's my douchey thing to say i took sailing lessons for years i fucking hated it because it was always summer vacation and it was like 6 30 in the morning and my stepmom would make us go out 6 30 in the morning to sail i'm like i'd rather do literally anything else um why well whatever i probably saw you on a cruise ship and waved and and, yeah honked your horn (laughs) and then our test at the end was that we had to take our parents on a sailboat by ourselves i was like nine that's that is illegal. I that know. has to be illegal. And, I'm like, I, and for your final test, we're going to watch you kill the everybody. Li- <laughs> the guy literally <laughs> sat on the shore. I was like, this can't be right. I'm nine. That can't be right. Of like, he literally, that can't be right. I'm like, of you like, know, put I didn't everyone pay you attention. love on a boat and sink it. Oh my God. The only thing I remember is starboard, starboard, and starboard, starboard, 
that's what I said. And <laughs> and port. Yeah, left and right. Yeah. Which one's left? Uh port. Yes. That's all I know. So anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get back to this. So he's saying, um, steer further and further to the right, starboard. Star are you sure it's not starboard? Star well starboard. It's I starboard. I don't know anymore. Whatever. Okay. It's uh <laughs> it's starboard. It's to the right. And so <laughs> He's saying it's not port. It's not port. I wish it were <laughs> not port side. Not I port could side. say that very easily. So he keeps instructing him to steer further and further. And as they passed the rock, uh, the captain ordered Jacob to center the rudder and then port twenty, which is ten degrees to the left. But Jacob mistakenly turned right instead of left for about eight mm. whole seconds. And to me, eight seconds is a long time to be turning in the wrong direction. Yeah. Right? That's, like that's if you're a lot trying of Mississippis. To yes. If you're trying to avoid a rock. Oh, my gosh. So eight seconds in the wrong direction. So he turned hard left because he realized he was going the wrong direction to correct the error, but it was too late. The second deck officer shouted that the ship was going to hit, and then there was a loud crash as the rear left side of the ship collided with the rocks, tearing open a 174-foot-long hole in the hull oh of the ship. Oh my god. Immediately, thousands of tons of water began flooding the ship. Upon impact, the ship's speed reduced to 9.5 miles per hour and lost propulsion of both engines, and the Concordia was now officially adrift. Hmm. Only 22 seconds after impact, all engines were flooded and had all failed, and there was a ship-wide blackout. <gasps> Keep in mind, it's nighttime. It's like after 9 oh my God. It's like 9.30, 10 p.m., something around there. Francesco ordered the closing of all watertight doors. Crew ran to the lower decks to assess the damage and found that in only six minutes, water had entered the workshop and the engine room, affecting the main electric switchboard and the emergency switchboard. So the crew stood in oncoming water and used a screwdriver to manually reboot the emergency power system, but damage to the cooling fan made the safety system continually override their attempts because a high temperature warning kept shutting it down. So they would like try to manually start it and then the emergency device would say high temperature and shut it back down. So they like could not oh. access the emergency protocol, emergency power system. So the ship like I said, had a shipwide blackout. They lost all power, meaning lights, rudders, even the bilge pumps, which are meant to push water out in case of flooding. All of them, mm -hmm. all of them were shut off. So this thing is just now floating and Oof. taking on water. Yeah, and also no one else can see them. So like someone else could hit them. True, and now it's dark, right? True, no lights. So at 9.54 p.m., the bridge made a ship-wide announcement that there was simply an electrical issue and they were addressing oh it. Oh my God. Yeah. So this is where this becomes more of a true crime story, unfortunately. Mm. Although Francesco should have already been initiating emergency protocol, he instead assured everyone on the ship that everything was under control and they could just go about their business. But they know there's like a massive hole in the hole and the boat is sinking. I don't know 
if they know that. No. Okay. Because, again, it's one of these massive ships where, like, 170 feet is big, but maybe not... not compared to the rest of the ship. Right. Maybe not big enough that you would, if you were in your room playing cards, you'd maybe not know that what that noise was and then the power went out and maybe you just think mm-hmm. oh they just had like a system failure you know then they announce oh it's just an electrical issue and you trust the captain of the ship right like it's an abuse of power really um so internal emergency batteries within the ship shortly were able to at least return power to the lights and communication although everything else was utterly functionless so they had no way of you know pumping out the water nothing like that so those like m who have been on cruises will know which i did not that on the first day on board the cruise everyone has to go to and tell me if this is true m everyone has to go to their designated meeting spot and listen to the crew discuss emergency protocol yep is that right Mm -hmm. and it's sort of like the talk uh that flight attendants give you know like if anything were to happen oxygen mask blah 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 like that sort of a a emergency protocol conversation that way in the event of an emergency everyone knows where to go having felt the crash like you mentioned many passengers were already kind of leaving their cabins and putting on life jackets and going to the designated emergency spots uh thinking well we've been told what to do in case of an emergency so let's follow that instruction But when they arrived to their emergency spots, they were told to return to their cabins because nothing was wrong. Oh, my God. Yeah. The deputy Mm. chief officer contacted the bridge to inform the captain that at least three of the ship compartments were flooded and the ship began to list to its left side. And uh, for those who don't know, that just means to to shift, like to to lean to the left side. Francesco called the Costa Company's crisis coordinator and reported the incident and said that water had reached the main electrical panel. Costa headquarters misunderstood which compartments were flooded, didn't realize there was a blackout, and suggested they just use their propellers to steer the ship to safety. Now, people ashore who were expecting this big, like, light show and, like, honking, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, could tell that the Concordia was in trouble. I mean, now it's literally, like, leaning sideways. Oh, my God. The Civitavecchia, I hope I'm saying that right, harbor master contacted the ship to assess its situation. Francesco told the harbor master that they were addressing a simple blackout and everything was under control. Oh, like, that's the worst of it. He's blatantly that was when he lying. Asked for help. He's like, they that's... said, do you need assistance? Do you need rescue? He said, oh, it's just a li-. he didn't even tell them we drove into a giant rock. That that was that's the moment. That's a crime. Because that's, that's a true crime. That's when you should have said, I need help. Thank you for seeing there. And like, this isn't the Titanic when you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Like, people, people can are, help you. You're, that, that's what makes it so dark, too, is they were so close to shore. Like, and people are watching these people now on their way to death. Yeah, It's horrifying. Exactly. I mean, you've really just nailed it. That's exactly what's happening, which makes it so much more dark because it could have been it could have been saved, you know? Like, at what point does like someone on the on shore just be like fuck what this guy's saying we need to go out there and check on them i don't know like i don't how, know if you're allowed you? to like how would you yeah the ship is so massive like i don't know how you maybe if you send like your own boats out to get people but there's only so much but, like I they could have called like like the coast guard or something True. to come in and help like 
anything. Uh, they might have. I'm not really sure. I mean, it sounds like their version of the Coast Guard called out and said, what's going on? And yeah. he just blatantly lied, said it's just an electrical problem. <sighs> so, in fact, the first deck officer and deputy chief engineer had just determined that four of the ship's compartments were now flooded. And at this point, there is no saving the ship. They were like, this ship is going down. We cannot save it. Minutes later, Francesco contacted the fleet crisis coordinator to tell them, uh, let me guess, to tell them that the ship is going down? No, no. He told them, actually, it's all good. It's just a blackout. Don't worry. Oh, my God. And I'm okay. just thinking he's trying to save face, I'm assuming. And like, like, he's just he's just embarrassed. His, his pride, his pride got ahead of him. Yes, it's it's tragic. The passengers on board started contacting family members to tell them something didn't seem right. The ship oh was listing to its side more and more. Passengers' families then called the police who contacted the Coast Guard. Good call, him. There was back and forth again with Francesco, his crew, and Costa headquarters, but still nobody at Costa, Costa, or, I almost said Costco. Nobody at- I was going to say, no one at Costco what? Kirkland! <laughs> no. <laughs> nobody at Costa or in the bridge had declared any actual emergency, prepared passengers to disembark the vessel, even the ones who, by the way, were prepared to disembark and put their life jackets on were told to go back to their rooms. Mm. They even told the harbor master that they were not in an emergency and nothing was going on. Just don't worry about it. But the harbor master was suspicious, obviously. So he sent out a boat to assess the state of the Concordia. And at nearly 10:30 PM, Francesco finally contacted the coast guard, but requested only tugboats to tow the ship. He lied oh and God. told them that the flooding was confined to compartments that protected the ship from sinking and everything was under control. He also said there were no deaths or injuries, which was a lie because he didn't, he had no way of knowing that. He was just Right. He was just guessing. It. Yeah, it was just guessing. It's like, well, the boat isn't totally underwater, so everyone's probably everyone's okay. Everyone's fine. Probably. Yeah. He was hoping everyone was fine. Many have speculated that at this point, Francesco was in absolute denial about the situation, refused to believe things were as dire as they really were. Uh, however, others believe he knew the gravity of the situation, but was trying to lie to protect his reputation uh to like we said his ego his pride gotten away especially because he was the one who had instructed them to go close to shore you know what i mean like this mm -hmm. was his idea and i think he's trying to backtrack so indeed minutes after he told the harbor master that everything was under control he called costa headquarters and told them the real situation but costa didn't contact emergency services either now the ship is beginning to list to the right and water starts moving upward through the ship. And by now, this gives me actual chills. The kitchen and elevators were underwater. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is this not oh my God. terrifying? I mean. Oh, my God. Oof. So by this point, as you can imagine, it is total chaos aboard the ship. Passengers are now very aware that the ship is sinking. But staff keeps telling them everything's under control and even asked them to return to their cabins. What the fuck? Can someone, is someone not like, um, I can't get to my room because the elevators have water, water in them. It's my just, room's underwater. What do you mean? Nothing's broken. Hello, nothing's wrong. You want me to go swim into my room? It doesn't make any sense. So the passengers 
were like, fuck you, fuck this. We've had enough. And they started are they, loading. Are they jumping? They started loading each other into lifeboats themselves because they oh, were like, the, the staff is not, the crew is not putting people on lifeboats. We're going to put ourselves on lifeboats. And you know, one fucking person on that ship was like, I've seen the Titanic. Yeah. Like, bye. Hmm. Bye. We're getting on a boat. So they started to load each other onto lifeboats themselves. And wildly local television stations were broadcasting the scene live from shore and they're showing a sinking ship and they're showing showing passengers like putting each other on the lifeboats oh my god first of all a round of applause to like the humanity and those Ser- people seriously uh yeah you're gonna round of applause for somebody in a minute too which is we'll get there the chief engineer told francesco it was time to give the order to abandon ship but he didn't oh my god Meanwhile, the engine crew working in the lower decks contacted the bridge for permission to abandon their stations, which were flooding and they were going to die. And Francesco told them, no, stay at your station. I'd be like, fuck you. I'm leaving anyway. Seriously. Finally, a safety officer actually took over like a mutiny almost and told the engine staff to evacuate. If they had actually waited for Francesco's permission, they would have drowned. No doubt. They would have drowned. Oh, my God. So despite Francesco's command to wait, other crew members began to take charge, and it became technically a mutiny. They basically, you know, he's the captain. The rest of the crew said, we are no longer listening to the captain's orders. We're mutinying, and we are taking over. Good. Oh, my God. Wow. Good, good, good. If ever a mutiny was in order, I would say. I'm for it. Yeah, this is it. So at 10.33, the general emergency alarm was finally raised, and another announcement informed passengers that the situation was under control. And so it's almost like they're fighting back and forth. Like, he's like, no, everything's fine. And they're like, nope, there's an emergency. Finally, minutes later, the passengers were told to go to their emergency stations. This is nearly a full hour after impact. Oh, my God. If they had just evacuated at impact... Probably everyone would have survived. Oh, my God. He should be so lucky that people are defying him or else he would be in jail for a lot of death. A lot. So the ship then sent a distress signal signal finally to the Coast Guard, who prepared to send rescue units to assist the evacuation of the ship. The captain told the Coast Guard he was trying to maneuver the ship towards shore to aid evacuation, which was a lie because there was no power to the engine or rudder. So he couldn't navigate the ship anywhere. So he was just lying. Uh, At 10.50 p.m., more than an hour after impact, Francesco finally decided to give the abandoned ship announcement. But Mm. he was afraid it would sound too intense. So he rephrased it. Oh, my God. And the new announcement was, let passengers on shore. Uh, Okay. So just no sense of urgency whatsoever. If they Uh, feel like it, like no pressure. If they feel like it, like let them off if they want. Taking control, mutiny, his second-in-command got on the intercom and shouted, Abandon ship. Good. Imagine hearing that. They're like, uh, let passengers off board. And then another voice grabs the mic and says, Abandon ship. That must be so scary. I've also, like, I want to know, like, is anyone in the room with the captain at this point? Like, are they looking him in the eyes being like, are you this fucking stupid? Yes, they are. And they're saying, like, no. We are giving this command. And he's like, I'm the captain, you know? And they're like, we don't care. People are going to die. 
Like I, in my mind, he like kept being in a room by himself at least, so like nobody no. else had to deal with this bullshit. But like him being in so like it, at one point, it was maybe in the beginning. Okay, well he doesn't know how bad the damage is on the ship, and now it's like he's fully blatantly lying because he because of his pride. But that makes me rethink how early on did he know there was a problem and he was in denial. Because, like, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I feel like wherever I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, yeah, but he also, probably knew before that. But he's the captain. Like, he's the one who gets all the information. Like, nobody's, like, forgetting to tell him. You know what I mean? Like, they told yeah, him right yeah. away, hey, our emergency system is down and we can't yeah. turn it on. Hey, there's a shipwide blackout and there's tons of water coming onto the ship. You know when, like, his second-in-command went abandoned ship, you know he had the nerve to look that guy in the eyes and be like, how dare you say it like that? I'm captain. Yeah. Did you not hear me already tell them that? We thought you could do it better. You know he had some sort of nasty snide remark. Some sort of. And the wild part was, they announced abandoned ship, but they gave the command in English. And again, this is an Italian vessel. The oh language my God. is meant to be Italian. You can't just expect the thousands of people on board to to know what abandoned ship means if they're prepared for an Italian phrase that means abandoned ship. Mm -hmm. So it's just all a big clusterfuck. And the ship began to drop lifeboats to transport passengers to shore. Luckily, due to the very cause of the sinking, the shore was only a couple hundred feet away. So at the very least, like the ones that were able to get onto the lifeboats could make it to shore pretty easily. Mm hmm. But unfortunately, they'd waited far too long for a rescue mission, and the ship began to list so dramatically to one side that lifeboat evacuation became nearly impossible. Oh, my God. The boats that had already dropped started making trips back and forth, unloading passengers on shore and then picking more up from the ship. And to get onto the lifeboats, passengers had to climb down the side of the ship on a ladder, but the ship was nearly completely sideways with half of mm -hmm. it underwater. This is so upsetting. Uh, other passengers started jumping off the ship into the dark seawater, where some were rescued by coast guards, but others were pulled underwater by the suction created by the sinking ship say. and drowned. Yeah, mm -hmm. Like, it probably looked like a good option because you're not far from shore, and you can probably think, hey, I'm a good swimmer. I don't want to take a spot on this lifeboat. But if you jump in and there's that riptide basically pulling, that current pulling you under, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah. it's, it's horrific. And this is when earlier today, M heard me just gasp when I um, yeah. was, was looking uh, up photos. Um, I'm going to send you a photo of uh, what this. Someone this, jumping. No, no, no. It's just like what the ship looked like. And we can also put um, these on Instagram. It's just like a shocking sight. Uh, oh, Jesus. It's like fucking sideways. I I cannot believe. So was the captain like hanging I know, sideways right? and like making decisions that the and boat saying, was oh, fine? Oh, it's just an electrical issue. It's like the fuck? an electrical issue. You're fucking 180 degrees. What are you talking about? I mean, oh my god. Yeah, the lifeboats. You can see other lifeboats they can't even use hanging off the side yeah. because they waited too long. It's too long. It's too late. Wow. There's some really upsetting photos, like, you know, if you want to Google it. But um, there are also photos uh, inside the wreck. I'll send mm. you one of those, which are, like, really unsettling. I mean, it makes you think of, like, 
I mean, it makes you think of the Titanic, you know, like the, yeah. s- the site of, of like what it, how fun and cool it was now turned into like such an eerie wreckage. Yeah. Like here's, um, oh my Lord. Oh my God. Here's a picture of like slot machines, you know, and they're just, ugh, it's so dark. It's just infuriating that someone just like didn't have like for their own the... to save face, really? Was it worth it, you know? Like you don't even have the morality to just just fucking say I need help. Just exactly. Exactly. Wow. Um, oh just, my god. You know, people trust you. You're the captain of the ship. They trust you with their lives. Mm. It's incredibly dark. Um so Anyway, uh, like I said, the ship is really going down now. Um, people are trying to climb out of the ship, jumping out of the ship, but they're getting pulled underwater, dying, it, drowning, you know, un- from the suction. At 11.30, the crew abandoned the bridge, giving no more announcements or orders. There are still 300 people aboard the ship. And they just were like, bye. The island's deputy mayor arrived and actually took a lifeboat. This is the mayor took a lifeboat back to the ship and climbed aboard the ship himself after the crew oh my had God. abandoned the ship. Now that's a man of the people. That right? is that's a hero. Wow. He took a boat. He's like, fuck this. He took a boat, climbed aboard the ship as it's like dramatically sinking. And like, guys, look at the photos. We'll put them on Instagram. He searched the ship for someone in charge because he was like, we need to go over the evacuation plan. Guess what? Everyone had already pieced out the whole crew was gone so he, he found nobody however there were still 80 people aboard the ship francesco though was nowhere to be found he had get this changed out of his captain's uniform and put on a suit why to go down with a ship or something no to get on a lifeboat and not look like the captain <gasps> of the ship oh my god yeah. So he he wasn't in that much denial. He knew what was going on. He was ready to do a costume change. Wow, he was literally about to disguise himself. And by the way, for all of his I'm the captain, I'm the captain, you're abandoning your post while letting other people die on the ship? Crazy. Crazy. Uh, re- like, beyond. It, yes. Basically, put on a suit, jumped in a lifeboat with other passengers, just kind of sailed away while there were still people aboard the ship. So he'd already snuck off. Yeah, he had snuck off. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Uh, Basically went to save himself uh, as the ship continued to sink behind him with people aboard and didn't even have the gall to the, the, the cojones. I don't know the right word to own up to being the captain that he was so proud of a minute ago. Right. So the deputy mayor gave up his search and started direct like start gave up his search of the crew because he wasn't going to find them. They were gone. Directing people, he started directing people to safety with the assistance of a single officer and a ship's doctor, the only two people who stayed behind. Wow. One officer, one doctor. Both of them helped rescue efforts until the very end. The Coast Guard called Francesco and asked him why he abandoned the ship with passengers still aboard. The Coast Guard's like, hey, fuck you. Why did you leave? And he claimed, this is. A real thing that he said, Em. He claimed he had he claimed he had fallen into a lifeboat by accident. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
I'm sorry. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's just clear, like the like, most outrageous like, thing I've ever heard. What? It's absurdity what? at its finest. He's That's like, like when people who are like who cheat on someone, they're like, oh, I accidentally slept with them. What? Like Tell I accidentally me how. fell into yeah. them. It's like, that's not. Yeah. No, that's how what? none of this works. I fell into a lifeboat and I accidentally fell into my uh, citizens, my my regular citizen in, uniform. I not fell my... out of the bridge into my tuxedo yeah. and then all the way onto the other side of the ship into a lifeboat and onto shore. Before I, I knew, bro- before I knew I rolled like a can of Chef Boyardee all the way home. <laughs> all the way home without any understanding of what was happening. Um, he said he fell into a lifeboat by accident. And the Coast Guard, this is... Don't tell me they believed it. Parafra- nope. Paraphrased for English translation, told Francesco, get the fuck back on the ship. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This line became so famous in Italy that people started selling T-shirts that wore the phrase "Get the fuck back on board." That's so great. So this T-shirt went viral. Get the fuck back on board. However, shocker, Francesco refused to get back on board. He instead took a taxi back to his hotel. Oh my god. And he was interviewed on the way there, and he told the news he was the last one to leave the ship. Oh, <gasps> what a piece of shit. What a piece of shit. But everyone... And you know he still, he still doesn't think he did anything wrong, probably. Yeah, he's probably talked his way into, like, I did the right thing. But everyone could plainly see that people were still being rescued and still dying. And this guy's, like, outside his hotel in a suit saying, oh, yeah, I was the last one aboard. Like, blatant lie. And they, I want, they had to interview him and be like, why aren't you in your captain's outfit? Yeah. And he had to be like, oh, I fell into my I suit. I fell Sorry. into this pants. I don't even know where they came from. <laughs> uh, I swear, it's shocking. Um, now, the rescue operations were declared complete at 6.17 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, like, the crew abandoned the ship at 11.30 p.m. Oh, my God. And now it's 6.15, 6.17 a.m. the following morning. And they're finally declaring rescue operations complete. Now the ship came to rest halfway underwater, lying on its side against submerged rocks. 24 hours later, while banging on cabin doors in the part of the ship that w- was not submerged, that was still mm-hmm. up like above water, rescuers found, get this, a 29-year-old couple on their honeymoon. Oh. Who had slept through the whole thing? Ah, I fucking love them. Good that's for you. them. That's you. That sure would be. I, I certainly hope so. That's you, for sure, being able to sleep through something like that. <laughs> Which, like, where your your bed flops onto another wall. Like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're literally sideways now, and you're like, huh, what happened? I wonder if they just got, like, really just, like, pissed drunk the night before, and Maybe. they were just, like, so, like, like unconscious like they having the best sleep of their life yeah they apparently woke up which must be absolutely traumatizing woke up in this like ruined ship but they couldn't get out of their room like they were trapped well yeah because the door is facing the floor now yeah exactly so they don't even know what happened they can't get off the ship they're just stuck in their room so when they were finally rescued they were apparently cold and wet but uninjured oh. and in good spirits. <laughs> so that's nice. Thank God. Oh my God. I mean, hey, talk about a 
not trying to like totally make fun of this, but like think about the two truths and a lie you get for the rest oh, of your geez, life. Oh, geez, for that real. One. Like my honeymoon was a little more dramatic than most people's. Yeah. 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 Well, I, okay. At least they're unharmed, but that still had to be. I can't even imagine the when you wake up for, and like your whole room is upside down and you're like on the ceiling you now. Know... You have to think you survived a shipwreck. Like, yeah, you know you're on a ship. Like you know what has happened. There's and water it's silent in your... because. There's no one else. They're silent. There's water in your room. Like they were all wet. I mean, it must be terrifying. And I mean, of course, we're it's a silver lining, but unfortunately, there would be no more happy endings for the remaining missing passengers as oh. divers searched the submerged cabins. Um, ultimately, 32 people lost their lives in the disaster. Several people were discovered underwater on the lifeboat decks where they had been waiting for crew instructions <gasps> that never came. Oh my God. Because the crew said, don't worry, we've got it handled. And they trusted them. So how many, how many people in total passed 32, away? Uh, 32 people lost their lives. And is that, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no, no. I was going to say, do you know, I don't know if you know this, but does that include, Everyone, including the people that went missing with the suction under the water? Yes. Like, okay. Yes. My God. So others that they found were waiting on one deck and were told to walk back through the sinking ship to another deck to access the remaining lifeboats. But while trying to navigate the treacherous halls, they were sucked into flooded elevator shafts <gasps> by moving oh water God. and were drowned. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's awful. One waiter who worked aboard the ship drowned while helping passengers escape. And yet another man died after giving up his spot on a lifeboat to someone else. Oh, my God. It's horrible. In the wake of this tragedy, uh, survivors had other problems to face uh, because many of the crew came from disadvantaged circumstances and their families back home relied on these earnings they were making. And crew mm. staff are often underpaid, work long hours, and remain on ships for weeks or months at a time. One crew member said they were all paid in cash, and with no way to deposit the cash when they were on sea, they would keep the cash in their lockers until they went home. So they lost six months of savings in the sinking, and that was meant to feed their family back home. Oh my gosh. So following the sinking, Giglio locals were commended for their assistance in the rescue efforts. There were almost four times as many people aboard the ship as there were residents of the island. So it required monumental community effort to support the survivors after the rescue, like to bring them in, get them food, shelter, water, like heat. And so they were definitely commended for that. Although Francesco, of course, maintained his innocence and insisted he simply fell into a lifeboat, uh, he became, of course, a social pariah and was blamed sure. for the entire incident. Duh. Yeah. Costa and its parent company, Carnival, were happy to use him as a scapegoat, uh, despite their own failures during the incident. Um, it also turned out there was no protocol which required the captain to have route changes approved. So technically, Francesco hadn't even violated any rules when he diverted to, toward the island. So, like, Wild. he wasn't even breaking the rules at that point. Still, he and several officers had carelessly endangered thousands of lives and then failed to react at all, according to emergency standards. And the reality, which is the sad part of this, the extra sad part, is that the crew had plenty of time to get everybody safely 
off Everyone could have survived. Everyone could have survived. Especially considering how close they were to shore. Not a single person needed to die, but the captain's failure to act, the lack of organization, failed everyone on board. And even the people who did survive, like, think about if you have kids with you, like, how traumatizing, especially, like, you don't know if you're going to survive. I mean, this is, like, a life-threatening, like, yeah, terrorizing experience. So it's also been suggested that the presence of a non-paying passenger named Dominica Semortan played a role in the captain's response or lack thereof. This woman was a dancer that Francesco brought aboard because they were having an affair. Mm. She was on the bridge during the sinking and was later caught on camera telling passengers to stop recording the incident because they weren't allowed to. What? Okay. In July 2013, so basically they're saying he had this woman on board, they were having an affair, Mm -hmm. and maybe he didn't want it to leak that she was, that he brought this woman on board without you know he brought basically his sure, he didn't want to get caught he no he didn't want to get caught exactly in july 2013 five people were found guilty of manslaughter negligence and wrecking roberto ferrarini the costa crisis director received a two-year 10-month sentence several officers were also sentenced to serve prison time as well as jacob the helmsman but jacob fled italy to indonesia to escape prison time Francesco insisted that Jacob's error was the cause for the crash, which, like, I would argue that's one small piece of a much bigger issue. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, once again, he blamed his lack of language skills, but he was giving commands in English and the ship's language was Italian. So that's a bullshit excuse. But a naval admiral testified that no matter how Jacob steered, once the ship was on the course that it was on, the one that the captain himself had set, it was doomed to crash no matter what they did. So basically, his initial directive was the cause of the crash. Now, get this. This was the worst cruise disaster since the 1912 sinking of the Titanic. And that was almost exactly 100 years earlier. Oh, my God. And he had even said in that interview, I would hate to captain... A ship like the Titanic, where there's no technology to help avoid disaster. Right. Right. It's just wild to me. The irony. It is. So ironic. So Francesco was found guilty and ultimately sentenced to 16 years in prison, which he is still serving in Rome. Good. And that is the story of the Costa Concordia. Wow. Certainly a wild story. Very... I don't know what to say. Just you know, sad. it's it was sad and it's it's horrible because you really trust someone like a captain of a ship. I mean, you're what else can you do as a passenger? Like you trust the person in charge who's supposed to have your safety at like top priority. It's also it could be really an easy transition into um like talks about like conforming to authority and like yes. things like that and I mean, like, just because someone's wearing a white coat doesn't know that they... I mean, yeah, I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to, like, poo-poo all doctors, but there, there is a, a significant amount of people who will just blindly follow whatever someone in authority has to say to you. And there have been a few times where, even with my veins right now, it's like, I know a doctor is telling me that things are 
wrong, but like I'm going to give a second opinion because yes, just because they're a doctor, how how do I know that they actually pay attention that day in vain school? You know, like yes, totally. And it, and it's dangerous here to think like on a ship you don't really have a second opinion. You know, and if if a si- ship ship is sinking and you don't know what to do because you're a layperson. You look to the captain, like, who else are you going to look yeah. to? Like, you don't even have a choice. Yeah, it, you don't have, there's no plan B. Either you listen to the captain or maybe either and, you do or you don't, and either you survive or you don't. So Yes, and and even if even if you take it upon yourself, you follow the people jumping off the ship and then get sucked under and die. And you don't, know, you don't know about water suction and no. riptides and things like so that. So it's like yeah. you were supposed to be guided to safety and you were left to your own devices it's very, 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 very tragic. Um, Just like how this could be an example on, like, following authority. It, which, by the way, like, I was not trying to, like, victim blame there. It's just an interesting No, no, I, I understand because it's but, like that's, that's when it becomes dangerous, you know, this, like, people in authority. That's when it can become so dangerous. It's also, um, I mean, I don't think it would surprise anyone here that listens to us, but it would also be a really interesting example to, you know, the male fragility of pride and like yeah oh you're a captain and you messed up and you're afraid to admit it and how far are you willing to go before you ask for help and apparently 32 deaths is still not the answer so isn't that horrible it's like not one person needed to die (sighs) well man what a disappointment Um, i know i know (laughs) it was fun to start in good spirits with you christine i know it always is isn't it um well i will tell you this uh what i have some fun um little quiz a a a true crime related personality quiz for you for our after chat um oh what are we calling it i meant to write in we we polled uh patreon we got some great names um you and i like the same ones i remember on slack Uh, oh good but i'm trying to remember uh, here we go. uh closing closing time, time after, after hours after hour. i think last call is good the, too last call the hangover or something i like last call or after hours i like last call or because closing time just makes me think of that song and it'll get stuck in everyone's head i think maybe after hours because it's an homage to our after chats okay okay after hours yes I or love you like it. Last... oh okay great cool of course. i was just picturing it in my mind's eye and that's why we drink after hours yeah i love it oh great do a little okay. neon sign after bzz, hours bzz, 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 bzz. yeah okay i love it after hours i'm okay, writing well, in we'll here see. on slack after hours it is even though nobody knows we're <laughs> like even talking about it okay well if you're on patreon and even following our after chats apparently now we are turning it into after hours and uh probably because it, they are after chats turn into multiple hours um but <laughs> If you'd like to go listen to this week's after chat, um, you can do that. I will and... be giving Emma a personality quiz about uh, true crime. Excellent. And then yeah. I guess next week it'll be my turn to prompt you with something. I can't wait. Okay. And that's why we drink. Introducing Celebration Key, your key to paradise. Unlock Carnival's all new exclusive destination at Grand Bahama, where you can dive into clear lagoons try all the water sports or unwind on a mile-long pristine beach with breathtaking sunset views this vacation paradise has it all celebration key welcoming guests in summer 2025 
Carnival. Choose fun. Copyright 2024 Carnival Corporation. All rights reserved. Ships Registry, The Bahamas and Panama.